welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. I know you had no interest in the Super Bowl uh, yesterday, so uh, what'd you watch instead? I hate watched it. It's fine. <laughs> That's the thing. We can all be mad about any of this, and we still watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't charge me for it, so I watched it. But um... <laughs> not yet. Well, I mean, I will say the day they do that, like I wouldn't watch that Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I just don't. I mean, we we need to get in the game quickly here. I just I don't see that happening super soon. I think it will be on a streaming service before it be pay per view. Uh, I I don't know. I think the NFL enjoys its popularity, and I don't. I, I think that would that would be a, something that you'd be sacrificing viewers. And I, I just like that's that's when it's money grab time and not proud that you're the most popular television show every year and the 50 top television show, you know, whatever, whatever the number is. I mean, they're, they're the top viewed programs up and down the board. Like, I, I just think when they get when that's starting to slip away, that's when we'll start seeing that. So I, I think we're a ways away from that. But. By the end of that game last night, it was worth watching. I mean, like the it, it built up because there's a long stretch where there's not a lot of scoring, um, but the ending was as exciting as you can get from a football game when you go into overtime. And obviously, the Chiefs win right at the end of the first period of overtime. From what I understand, that would have just been like a quarter break if that time would have ran out. They still would have had the ball at the same place and and gone on like it would be like the second quarter of overtime. So nothing big there with the clock. Um, obviously as a championship game. So the overtime rules are slight, you know, there's no ties. I, I wasn't as up on the overtime rules. Apparently San Francisco wasn't either. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was easy to understand w- what the changes were and why I like that both teams get possession. I think that just needs to be the NFL overtime. I understand that they don't want to play all day, but one extra period to decide that I, I think is fine. So I just, I think we just need to switch to that all the time. Um, but it was exciting at the end and, uh, you know, overall, like, I, I'm glad I watched it. Uh, you know, neither one of my teams were in it obviously, but hey, you know, investments were there and that kept me in it and, uh, it worked out well for me. So I was happy. Okay. So question, cause, uh, yeah. I know you're going off of what Tony Romo told us and I hope he's right, but I don't know. I heard a wait, lot. Wait, wait a minute. Go. You, you might put too much faith in what I believe in Tony Remo. I was going to say that, I have pet peeves coming out of this. Yeah. With the overtime rules. I mean, that's what he said too. Um, and I was like, I, and when he said it during the game, I was like, I wouldn't, if I were the Kansas city chiefs, I would want to score before this clock hits zero. Cause I, just cause Tony Romo says it doesn't, that actually makes me think it might not be true. Um, but so I'll be honest, I wasn't hearing Tony Romo down the stretch. So he says that, well, he doesn't say anything about it until there's like a 30 seconds left. I was not listening it's the to play before he says so. it like right before the Chiefs snap it and throw the pass that wins the game. Like he's like, they don't have to score here. It's just like the first quarter. To which my question is, why even have the clock then? Just get rid of the clock. I I, I agree for for the for the Super Bowl and playoff games. Just get I think rid of the that clock. makes sense. I, I agree. Like when you can't have a tie or whatever. I I don't love ties during the regular season. I was gonna say I would do it I for the regular season too. Yeah, I would do it for the regular season too and just get rid of the tie. But yeah. Well, I, I, I think somewhere along the line, people start saying player safety and we'll just take the tie. Like the owners are fine with a tie at some end. So let, let's not debate that right now. We got plenty else to talk about. 
I I I wasn't going off Tony Romo. I I honestly that a lot of that discussion has been since then. I'm sure those people heard Tony Romo. So I, I guess that's what's. Uh, I, I had a little bit of radio time in there during overtime. Uh, so uh, that's that was my dominant. Uh, Kevin Harlan was leading me down the stretch. Um, but I saw all the big plays and then everything I missed, I saw within minutes after that, just the way the timing worked out. I know uh, Jeff's probably ears perked up because he was the one asking us uh, what our thoughts about. Uh, he was interacting with us, with us on Twitter, like we always encourage our listeners to do, asking us about moving the Super Bowl to Saturday. And I said, I, I'm fine with Sunday, whatever. But if they want to move to Saturday, fine too. I don't like the excuse of, you know, recovery from alcohol abuse being like the main factor for that argument. Uh, when you have three kids in elementary school and the, and the game goes into overtime, that's a good reason not to have that thing on Saturday where I don't have to worry about when I leave, when and uh, get home and make sure they can get ready for the school the next day. And then they wake up freaking exhausted this morning. You feel like a bad parent. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's fine. I like when they're going into overtime, I made comments of the, you know, if they kick, if they get a touchdown, then they get the game. And immediately they showed the rules. I was like, oh, that's wrong. Like, and we, you know, we were in a room with plenty of talking. We could generally hear the announcers, but a lot of talking. And so I, I, I'm kind of like, oh, hey, that's not what I just said isn't right. Um, which I like that. I like that both teams get possession. So happy about that. I, it was, I mean, my homes, man. I, what did I say last week? I said, I think the 49ers have more talent or whatever. They're a great team. I'm not down on Purdy, and I'm not saying this down on Purdy, but I'm going to choose the better quarterback, and that is Patrick Mahomes. What was the difference in that game? It was Patrick Mahomes making plays when they needed it at down the stretch. He, he didn't have a whole lot of plays early, but once it got to crunch time, as we see Kansas City do time after time, as we've seen him doing the Super Bowl time after time, they come back and and he just makes plays. And on that last drive, he ran the ball, what, two or three times and, and was great. Uh, I thought Kelsey might muscle it, it, his way in there. Um, but then just that touchdown play, just good play design, using what San Francisco had done against them. And they had a guy wide open. It was just good execution. Um, you know, I think that's where San Francisco, I do agree with the what they said about if San Francisco might have, fully understood the dynamic of overtime here. They might not wanted the ball first because they might wanted to see the other team post their result and then get the ball themselves, which could have resulted in a punt. Now you, you call first down different when you're the first possession in overtime than you would if you're the second, like the whole thing's different. So I'm not just saying, Oh, because the chiefs had a fourth and one, they would have punted there. And seriously that I know it's a different world when all that happens. It's just like when an extra point gets missed. And the and then now it's three points instead of four points. The whole thing's different. So you got to take what really happened. But uh, you know, it, I don't know. That brings up the rule change of the field goal or the extra point being moved back. Has I love that in football. That's created so much more drama in NFL football. So I don't know. Overall, I was happy with the experience. I, I thought it was a game worth watching. I thought I watched fairly good football. I think I saw some bad play calling, but you know, like it, it wasn't just a team falling apart. This wasn't Atlanta falling apart. San Francisco led that game all but four minutes. Kansas city had a lead in the middle of there somewhere for four minutes. And that's, that's it. The San Francisco either led or the game was tied for the rest of the entire game. So I'm also not going to put San Francisco down here. I'm not going to see how much better Kansas city is than San Francisco. 
when they easily could have won that thing. And I'm not going to trash their coach, who's now lost, I guess, three Super Bowls. I'm not. I'm not here to do that. I, they they easily could have won that game. So overall, worth watching football. I, I thought the beginning of the game was pretty sloppy. I mean, for turnovers to be in the red zone, there for turnovers to be in the red zone like that. That's that wasn't great football there. That was sloppy football. Um, but it wasn't like egregiously sloppy. Like it wasn't like a poorly played game. I don't know, that Patrick Mahomes pick. I, it's been a long time since I've seen a pick that bad in a Super Bowl. He did what he needed to at the end of the game. He's in there hollering everybody. Yeah, he did what he needed to at the end of the game to win the game. But I, at halftime, I was talking to my friends. I was like, is it too late to get the other two teams here? Because if that's the best this league has to offer, this is going to be an awful Super Bowl. But then it picked up the in the second half. Pretty well. I, I mean, the defenses were making plays. They weren't letting. They weren't breaking tackles. Like they were getting people down in the open field. I don't know. I, yes, and, and that no. San Francisco's defense that we have respected, and Kansas City, who's has looked a lot better down the stretch. Yes, and no, including two weeks ago. Um, but the, it picked up in the second half. It was a good game. The overtime was exciting. Um. Yeah. Uh, my only complaint about the overtime is just don't have the clock because uh, it doesn't matter. But um, outside of that, like apparently the 49ers, like you said, didn't know the rules, which is fine. I didn't know the rules. Um, I don't think a lot of America knew the rules. I, don't I, think, don't I think a lot think of people that are criticizing fine. it. I didn't know the rules applies the same as the professionals playing the sport. Um, I think, I think like quality control people need to be in his ear of like, Hey, <laughs> this Remember, you know this. this is but I think friend. this is the first time that these rules have happened. But someone's got to know. I guess. This is my problem, though. This Bill is why this is, team would have known. Sure, but this is why I think the overtime needs to be the same. I agree. I agree with that. All the way through. All the way through needs to be the same. Regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, same rules across the board. Having different rules for your overtime is dumb. I think, like, no doubt, I agree with the front end of that, of the whole kick a field goal and the other team gets it, but if you score a touchdown, that gives it, like, that 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 message needs to be gone. That needs to be consistent. I, I understand the concept of we're going to play a period of overtime and that's it during the regular season. I understand why that exists. I don't know if I agree with it. I just, I understand. If that has to exist, I'm okay with that being different, but the rest of it needs to be the same. I I still don't agree with that but um whatever uh because virginia tech and like wake forest could still be playing that football game <laughs> if it went it was nfl rules but that was <laughs> okay but i would like it's the college. nfl to go college, but it's like how bad do you need to see uh, like cleveland and jacksonville when they're terrible in a but that was the old college game. rules where they start at the 25 and everybody I, gets I the same like number of possessions rules. i don't like those rules I like that rule. I don't like the rules they have now, where after two like possessions, we do two-point right conversions. I don't like it in high school either. I don't like the 10-yard line, but it is what it is. I just don't like it. I don't I don't like the college rule as it is now, where after two overtimes, it's two-point conversions. I That, to me, is dumb. But I liked the old college overtime rule. I thought it was fine. If you wanted to back them up to the 35, whatever. But I, I, I would like, like to see the NFL. Field goal range, so I respect that about the NFL, that at least there's... 
an opening kickoff to get things going here. Yeah, I don't like that. I just started at the 50. Um, but um, anyway, we're getting we're getting away from the point of the Super Bowl. <sighs> That's because neither of us really cared. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Honestly, like as good of a game as it was like and I, I had invested in the Chiefs. So like I came out, I think I broke even for the Super Bowl with everything and all the props and stuff, but I made an in-game bet that changed, changed my standing uh, for me. Like even when the chiefs scored, I was just like, I don't think I like this at the end of the game. I was just like, I hated this. This was, it was a great game. I was excited. I liked it. I I felt good about it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the commercials. I didn't like the halftime. I didn't like the game. And you know, good for Joe Biden because what all did he gain in all that? You know, I just don't get this. I don't get the Kennedy family doesn't want to sue Joe Biden. So I guess that's a win for him. Not everybody can say that. I don't get how even the, the theory works for this to be beneficial for anybody in politics. I don't understand it. It's not. I know it isn't. That's why I don't understand like how someone could like talk about it like that. Like, I mean, in our room with, uh, with very political opinions, I mean, it was just like the underlying joke, like, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah, no one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, they put it on national TV. It, it's crazy. Well, yeah. I don't want to get into that. Uh, I'm just, I'm just the one political ad that was during the Super Bowl. Me, everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast, and that person will have the same number of electoral votes on election night. Yeah. And to be fair, it wasn't him. It was a political action committee, but whatever. It, I, my comment that's for fine. that political if they wanna, ad was... If they want to waste $7.5 million, who am I to tell them no? Because I, I just think that's it's funny seven to and like half million separate, dollars. Yourself, separate yourself from the two people that are 80 that are running for this thing and to put footage that looks like it's 80 years old. I, I just don't, I don't understand how you're setting yourself apart. But okay. Congrats. It, yeah. It took away from the imaginary friends commercial. You know what? You want to know something that didn't freaking matter is I I have no business, no time to talk to anybody about Jason Kelsey bumping and Dandy Reed. Like it's such a Travis, 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 Travis. I I say Jason. I like Jason better. That's why I said Jason Uh, Travis bumping into like he it was body control. It was why he ran into him. He wasn't trying to run over Andy Reid. He wasn't trying to be physically dominated. He ran I think in, he was trying to be number ways. two. He got up in his huh? face and bumped him intentionally. So the Chiefs have won three out of five now. And so the dynasty talk is real for them. I, I wasn't against the discussion of them being a dynasty before now, but it does seem like now it's the standard discussion. Um, I think them winning it this year does make me concerned about how long this can go on because or not like in a bad way. Like I'm scared that it's going to continue on because like this was their weakest lineup of these of the five years. And this was this is two seasons now where they don't have Tyreek and they're like, well, the Chiefs can't win without Tyreek. And then they've won it two years in a row. Like it worries me that this is going to continue. But I don't like that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This year, more than any year, I felt like I. it was said, I said it in the room, given the play calling of the 49ers, the Ravens, and the Bills in particular, 
it felt like everybody in the league was in on the fix. Like I have never seen teams want to attack a team's weakness less in my life. We saw the 49ers do this two weeks ago. We saw them start passing that way too much. Yeah, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I've never, well, that's fair. But like with the 49ers, Ravens, and Bills, all teams that were having a great amount of success against the Chiefs running the ball, to suddenly decide, you know what? We're not going to do this thing that's working. I've just never seen that that many weeks in a row. I have never seen a defense have a more glaring weakness not be attacked. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. So in theory, what you're saying, yes, the Chiefs absolutely, they've won three Super Bowls in five years. That is kind of the definition of a dynasty. I'm not going to talk about conspiracy theories. I'm I'm really I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory. I'm just saying it felt like it. I'm not saying it is a conspiracy and the NFL rigged the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So then that's not framed. I'm just saying. Like, I I don't know. I I think. (laughs) The way I'm. No, here's my point. Here's. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, stop talking. (laughs) Let me finish my point before you jump in for the 300th time here. What I'm saying is, yes, the Chiefs have won three out of five. That's a dynasty. But if offensive coordinators and head coaches just don't ignore the weakness that the Chiefs have, the Chiefs won't win the Super Bowl next year. It really was that simple. If one of those three teams runs the ball, the Kansas City Chiefs aren't in this game or don't win the game. Keep giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And when you take Christian McCaffrey out and you put the backup in, he ran for seven yards. Why are you stop? Why did you ever stop running the ball? That's what I don't I get. I agree that they can it. Should just keep running the ball. Same Ravens. They made two weeks Ravens ago. have the I, number one rushing attack in the NFL, and you don't run the ball. Buffalo Bills running all over the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what we should do? We should pass more. And in, in hurricane force blizzard winds, we should throw the ball more. What are you doing? That's my point. It's not that the NFL buzzed down to these teams and said, time to throw the game. It's just, I've, I saw offensive coordinators just be like, you know what? This thing's working. It's, let's go Dude, away from we it. We see it every Friday night. Every Friday night, we call a game playing against a team in red from around here that is, and they're actually, someone's actually close. We see it happen all the time. How many times in the third quarter have we seen a team that's in the game against Riverheads stop doing what's working and start doing something that doesn't work? How many times do we like, why do they do that? Why do coordinators do that? I feel like I watch the ops. I feel like I watch them I, keep doing the thing that's not working. I don't know if I ever I see underst- them get to the other one. But. I understand <laughs> when you're getting your butts beat and you try something yeah. different. I get that. But I mean, we see it in high school. And I, and I guess I understand that. I understand, oh, these are high school coaches. These guys don't know how to handle the pressure. Like, you know, they're at a big game, they think. And now, you know, they, they're not big enough for this moment. I don't get for NFL. I don't. I don't get that. That's the thing. That's the thing that surprised me. I just I saw three offensive coordinators, three head coaches, see what's working in those games because it's not like uh oh we never tried it. It's a you were doing it, it was working, and then you were like, oh it was working. I me and you were texting each other that. Stop. Like, whammy. Like I I just I don't know what the deal was there. I just I that was the confusing part in all three of those games. Where like yeah, you're texting me pass, 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 and I'm like yeah, I don't, I don't know. They got seven yards yeah. on the Christian McCaffrey run and then stopped passing. I don't know. I I was gonna win three more dollars than I, if if the Chiefs won than if San Francisco won, and so yeah, I was happy for my three additional dollars that San Francisco played that into my favor. Um, Mahomes, I mean he's got three now. 
Uh, you know, everybody has the receipts of, uh, I think it was it Aikman that was like, do something and then we'll talk. And now like he has, th- you know, three Super Bowls, which I guess is as many as Aikman, right? Didn't he have three? Ye- yes. Yes. Two with Johnson, one with. Uh, yeah. One against the Steelers. Barry Switzer. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. It puts him, I mean, no matter what, it puts him in that category. You you've been high on Metro homes. You said, was it last year or maybe, maybe even longer ago than that? You, you were like putting him high up and I was like, slow your roll. I, I, yeah, I, there's no slow and roll. Like he's on a pace. He's at a young age. Yeah. He, can, he can win a lot more. His game is so dynamic. It's, it's, it's tough to stop. We've seen that time after time. Just um, He's good. I wish he just shut up. I wish he would stop trying to be a referee and just, quit. Oh. and I think, that's yeah. You lost me for a second, but now I'm back. Yep. I got you. I wish he would shut like all this. Like, I don't need to see him hollering at the referees like every time. And the only way to not see him do that is to him not do it. Cause like the cameras are going to be on him. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's what needs to happen. He just needs to, it needs to kind of calm down there, cycle down. He can have emotion on the sideline. We've seen Tom Brady yell at teammates and all that. We, I can handle that. So just get the referee complaints out of there. That's where I really draw the parallel with them and the Warriors because I see the Warriors and Curry and um, the Draymond Green and all them really argue with the referees and it always irritates me when you're on top. Stop arguing with referees like you, you should be above that. And uh, so I think he needs to he needs to get that into him and into his mind. Yeah, I mean, to me, it reminds me a lot of Tom Brady. Anytime you hit Tom Brady and there wasn't a flag, Tom Brady made sure the ref knew about it. Um, and so for Patrick Mahomes, it's not only when he gets hit, it's like if there's a pass dropped and there was a defender in the area. If Kansas City has a defensive penalty, he's on the sideline yelling yeah. at the referee about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The intentional grounding that he was complaining about is like, I mean, come on, dude. That was a chess pass. It was behind the line of scrimmage. That's I, the thing. I, I, that's I was like, yeah. come on, dude. It's a chess pass. Pretty blatant. The, I, the one <laughs> receiver's coming back, but it, I mean, he threw it. He wasn't even aiming at him. No. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but um, um, it what and I was, what I was gonna say to, go, what I was go gonna ahead. say is imagine if they had wide receivers that didn't drop the ball half the time the ball's thrown to them like this team would have been scary good if the wide receivers had hands. Yeah, I mean they're missing a top tier receiver. They are, but when they did that, they added to their defense, and it's. Sure, their defense out. is a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more sustainable mm-hmm. than having a high-priced receiver who's going to be too big for his britches. Like I, I think it's, they made the Steelers move there. That's what they did. They got rid of that receiver on the front, like got some value out of him, and they got before he asked for a lot of money and probably held out and probably talked every week because Lord knows they don't need more distraction off the field at Kansas City than what they already have. So like I liked that move from them. Looking back, particularly, mm-hmm. but I, I even at the time I was like, I'm not just going to say this is the worst thing ever. Like they got value for this guy and knowing what my Steelers have done with similar situations. It hadn't worked out this well, but like, this is the, this is why you do that. And yeah, I, I mean, they're, they've been in the Super Bowl time after time after time and, and they've won two Super Bowls since they got rid of that guy. So like you can't argue it anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying they have to go get a high price receiver. I mean, you could draft one. Like it, that's yeah, yeah. That's yeah, how they get yeah. better as they draft I one. I thought but. they did last year, didn't they? Two years ago they did. Right after Tyreek, they got somebody. And that's also when they added one of my Steelers receivers at that time, too. And he was a big dropper for him a year ago. 
But they, um, yeah, shoring up the defense is a good way if they can keep it together. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, when contracts start coming up, that's when dynasties break up. But, um, yeah. They've been ahead of that curve so far. Yeah, so, not, uh, knowing, I'm, I'm... not knowing contract statuses for players. Um, yeah. And they, they re-signed Chris Jones already this year. So yeah. I would say that uh, I would expect to see them, if not in the Super Bowl, a contender for next year as well. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Jim Harbaugh going to that division doesn't make me think that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to win that division. Um, no. And neither of these teams, so I think, are just dropping off. And, and I know there's a tradition of that from the Super Bowl. I think it's a little older of a tradition than it is has been lately. But, you know, you've seen that in history of, you know, the Super Bowl loser kind I was of say, off. I will say, like. Because you lose the, you know, those players. Yeah leave they lose guys they lose coaches i mean that's that's the reason it really happens it's not some kind of curse i i don't see there's these teams just i wouldn't just say oh they're going to drop off i think they're both built rather well the chiefs are a little i don't know the san francisco's been at this for a while but they still have that younger talent and solid core of guys i i don't know i just i would expect both teams to be playing in january next year and contending for sure yes i would i would be shocked if both of these if if one of these teams weren't yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying right now to figure out what happened in 2021 with this team because that was the last time they were in the Super Bowl was 2020. But um, you know, this is a team that last year was almost in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, the last year Purdy got hurt in the NFC Championship game. And they were a playoff they were team. That game. Yeah, they were. They've lost in the NFC Champ. Okay, I'm. I guess it was the 2019 season. It was the 2020 was when the game was played. They went six and ten after losing there, but then. NFC championship oh, lost, NFC championship loss, yeah. Super Bowl loss. Yeah. So that's yeah. three out of four. They've made you'll you'll trade a six and ten season for <laughs> yeah <laughs> four trips to the suit four NFC championship games. Yeah. And if memory serves, there was an injury in there as well for that six and ten season at quarterback. Uh, which I think that was deal. early Garoppolo injury, right? Yeah. So that yeah. that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, I think they're probably gonna that's be the fine. Bengals. Yeah. They're probably gonna be fine. Um I think so. And they're well coached. I, I know we're we're knocking the the play call it and all this. They're generally well coached. That's what's going to keep them in the mix there. Yeah. Maybe at some point they learn these lessons in big games. I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I guess it's to me. I was surprised that they abandoned the run the way they did because I thought for sure like they know who Brock Purdy is. Like I I did feel like in the AFC Championship game, the Ravens and Lamar himself like want to prove he's a quarterback and not a running back. And so part of me was like, I don't, I felt like we tried to do that a little too much and we just got away from what we're good at. And that's why we lost that game for the 49ers. I felt like they knew we want to run the ball because when we get stuffed, they had to go back a whole game to figure out when the running game isn't there, this is who we are. And that's a team that's very beatable because the Lions almost beat them. And when they played the Ravens and the Ravens stopped the run, got smoked. Like, I, I thought that was painfully evident. Apparently not, um, which is whatever. Brock Purdy didn't have a terrible game, but it wasn't a good game. Like, it was just, uh, honestly, it was a Troy Aikman kind of game. I, I view him, he would be perfect for that era of a guy who I just, I'm going to hand the ball off. We're going to hope to run the ball. I'm a serviceable quarterback and can put us in situations to win the game. I'm not going to lose us the game, but I'm not going to win us the game. I I saw him make plenty of good passes yesterday. I mean, I guess I've I've watched him a good bit this season, but even I was making the joke 
and and maybe it was flying under the radar of like that was a he managed that pass very well. Well, like he, he threw a lot of good passes. He put the balls in a lot of good spots and, and picked up some of these 20 yard gains. It's just they couldn't piece those together because they weren't running the ball in between. I it, but like, you can't piece them together because he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not elite. He's not the guy who's gonna win you the game. He's the guy who's not gonna lose you the game. Yeah, but like when he did have good passes. It's not like he's incapable of putting the ball on a spot. And I think I no, think we've being seen a game manager, high, hot, high hyped players unable to put the ball on the spot. I watched a clip, a highlight package of the damn pro poll games from a week ago that we didn't even talk about that we don't need to now, where they're just trying to throw at these targets. And I saw some hyped guys unable to hit anything. So I will say Purdy was, I mean, he can put the ball there when he needs to. It's just like 10 out of 10 times, like they were starting to ask him to, like, I, I, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that can't do that. He's a good quarterback. He's just not freaking spectacular. He's not great. I, like I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I so I agree. I think with what I was you're saying, say, I, saying somebody's a game manager doesn't mean they're not good. Bad. It doesn't yeah. mean they can't make good passes and look good at points in the game. It just means it, the situation where tra- uh, Patrick Mahomes had the ball, drove down the field, and they kick a field goal to tie the game, and then send it into overtime, and then they drive down the field and win. Purdy can't do that. If if you tell me Purdy's got the ball, if that if that situation's reversed, the Chiefs are up three, two minutes to go, the 49ers need to drive the field and tie the game, I'm going to say that's a loss. Like, we're you're, not going to do it. You're praying for that field goal. Yeah, we're not going to. <laughs> like, with the Chiefs, you're like, can the, can the Chiefs score? Are yeah. they getting the touchdown? Oh, okay, they're going to get the field goal. Like, Purdy, you're like, please get us to the 30. Yeah, like, get, just get <laughs> us a field goal. We're not scoring a touchdown, just get us a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But unless unless a defensive back falls down, yeah. we're not scoring a touchdown. Like, yeah, he's, he's the guy fouling at the end of a basketball game just to yeah. keep the game alive. Like, exactly. <laughs> extend the game, Brock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if you extend the game, we can get that ball to yeah. uh, McCaffrey. Every you foul. <laughs> yeah, you foul. So McCaffrey so can McCaffrey get the rebound and go down the floor and make the game winning <laughs> shot. Like, yeah, exactly. So I was just kind of surprised they they leaned on him as heavily as they did. But. Um, I, I agree. It did feel like they're trying to prove a point. Shanahan, was the wrong choice. Shanahan is a good coach. I do think you know people be like, oh, he's lost in three Super Bowls. Um, two as a head coach. I was like, okay, there's a lot of people who would love to be in three Super Bowls. Yeah, fire him and watch Dallas hire him. That's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> careful, careful. Like, I the only thing worse than losing in the Super Bowl is not getting there. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, and they were just they were winning all but four minutes of this thing. That 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 talk though of like Shanahan isn't good because he hasn't won a Super Bowl and blah blah blah. This is the same kind of talk that Mike Tomlin gets. I've heard it like low mumbles with the Ravens this year of like if John Harbaugh can't get the Ravens to a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson, he's a bad coach. I'm like. He won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Maybe John Harbaugh isn't the problem. Like, I don't know. Maybe John Harbaugh, who has been in the playoffs more years than he hasn't, is a good coach. Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season, is probably a good coach. Maybe, maybe they're not bad. Like, Sam says he has a good coach. Yeah. Maybe they don't have Tom Brady. Maybe they don't have Patrick Mahomes. Maybe those guys are generational talents. I don't know. Maybe it's hard to beat those guys. Big portion of Tom Brady's career where he was managing some games. Yeah, that's but that's my thing. Like, yeah, maybe. 
maybe there's only one Super Bowl every year, and it's hard to win. Like it, it absolutely is. And like when I hear like the Steelers should fire Mike Tomlin, I'm like, heck yeah, they should, because I don't like playing him. Like, and as a Ravens fan, that should tell you something. And I'm sure you feel the same way about John Harbaugh when Ravens fans are like, oh. If you can't win a Super Bowl with Lamar, we should get rid of him. And I'm like, we should do the opposite of that. If yeah. if push comes to shove, I trust the Ravens front office and John Harbaugh to be able to find another quarterback before I trust them to find another head coach. Honestly, at the time, and I think since then, I don't know if this ages as well, but at the time when they're hired, when they're firing your last coach who had won oh, you a Super Bowl and defensive, like always a defensive yeah, focused yeah. team that was tough to beat. Like I was like, yeah. He's terrible. Get rid of him. Now they brought in someone pretty good and they've had a lot of success since. But I just like that thought was in there then because they had been successful with him. The problem there was unlike Lamar and for all the complaints I have with Lamar, we're getting to the playoffs with him. He was Billick was defending Kyle Bowler. And so that is not apples. And he was an offensive coach doing that. Yeah, Yeah. that's not apples to apples. That's apples to... Because he was at Minnesota with Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Dante Culpepper. That's the reason he got that job, right? Yeah. So when you're you're saying Kyle Bowler can do this, and (laughs) it's very painfully obvious Kyle Bowler Bowler cannot do this. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, no. Your Super Bowl was with Trent Dilfer. And... He is, Bowler, you know, Bowler played a cow, right? What some people say. Yes, I think so. Um, Trent Dilfer is what some people call the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. So <laughs> eh, maybe we don't like, and the, the league was starting to make that turn to that. That's kind of when the league was like, all right, you really should be able to pass the ball. Like, yeah. and Kyle Bowler was never that guy. So nope. All right, so other stuff surrounding the game. Halftime. Okay. Uh, you go first. Cause, well, no, I'll go first because I think you're going to like it more than I did. I, To me, and we'll get your opinion here in a second, I guess. Um, I didn't get excited for that halftime show until Lil Jon came out. And then Ludacris came out, and then I was kind of into it. But that was like the last, what, two minutes? Maybe three? however long that song was that they did, like, that's when I got excited. Before that, I was just kind of like, mm. if I liked Usher, I probably would have loved it, but I, I I, am eh on Usher, and I felt very eh. I thought Alicia Keys' first note was unfortunate. Um, She's a talent, so I'm not... She I is mean, a talent. I'm not going to say yeah. Alicia Keys sucks. I'm just saying, in yeah. that moment, like, that... Mahomes when she started... Interception too, so. Yeah, when she started, I was like, oops. Like, and then... I didn't know the guitarist until today. Her? Her. I was like, I, the way the camera was on her, I was like, I'm supposed to know who this is, but I don't. Um, and then Jermaine Dupree, I, (laughs) I was like, I don't know who this is. Is this, I don't know. I, I think my couple of years that I have on you helped me a little bit because I know a lot of Jermaine Dupree before he hooked up with, Usher, yeah, maybe and early Luda and stuff he used to do with Jay Z, and like so, I I think I have a little more awareness of Jermaine Dupree prior to what he was involved in in that halftime. I liked it; I, I thought it was good, but I was gonna like it. If you 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 came into it gonna be eh, and it was eh, and I came into it, I was like it's gonna be good, and it was good. I don't I don't know if something in that 
changed or increased. I, I you know, I thought it was what he was was going to do. We talked about how he's probably going to have to do very little of a couple songs to be able to get through all this. And and there was some of that, but like that's fine. We've seen that in award shows and other Super Bowls, so it's it's fine. Yeah, I the 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 stretch that you liked was my college, like, and so that was I was sitting there smiling then because it was it was college anthem for for me. That was that was Thursday through early morning, early hours of Sunday every weekend. Those songs, and so I enjoyed that. But I enjoyed Usher before then too, so I liked his other stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm his key demographic to like it, but I respect uh, I respect what he does. I respect the show he does. And so it was good. I, I don't know. It, when I look back at the other halftime performers for like the last 20 some years, like it fits. Like there's that stretch from like mid 2000s where it was like Paul McCartney and Rolling Stones and Prince and Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen where they're just going to 15 to 20 years before now and pulling out somebody that a lot of people are going to like, and they threw them out there and it, like, that's what they wanted. That's what they just did. It's just now it's caught up to that. I'm old enough that their, their demographic is my age people. And that's what Eminem and Dre was two years ago. Um, honestly, that's probably what they're aiming for for Shakira and Jennifer Lopez to a degree. Like they're going to cycle these people in and that's fine. Um, I'm glad it wasn't like Rihanna was just Rihanna last year and it was good. I, I, I liked last year fine, but I'm glad Usher didn't try to pull off the same thing. I, I, I appreciate that he understands who he is and he is Usher and in a lot of his hits and he got those and, and those people out there. And, uh, so it was good. And, and Ludacris is a pretty high billing. Um, little John was at the top of his game when I was in college. It wasn't a long stretch, but he had it. Uh, so like, I don't know. I like that. Alicia Keys. I, if you're going to pull Alicia Keys on stage, you're going to give her some time. She's going to sing one of her own songs. Cause that's the type of talent she is. So I, I felt like the whole thing was handled pretty well. I liked it. I, you know, was the best Super Bowl halftime of all time. No, but I don't know what I think is like, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. Like that doesn't sound like a fun time for me to analyze these Super Bowl halftime shows. Like they're produced for 110,000 people to watch. They're not produced for the fans of those people to absolutely watch. So there's going to be some watering down and some, you know, general appeal that they're going to try to have in there. And I, I feel like that was there with Usher. It was, you know, it wasn't deep cut Usher time. It was, you know, seeing the hits, do the behavior that gets the reactions you want and move on. And it was good. And I don't know. I I had no problem with it. Yeah. And that's fine. Like I said, I mean, I, I don't get too upset about the halftime shows. I liked last year's with Rihanna, but that's because I knew more Rihanna yeah, than good. I did Usher. So, um, but Rihanna has a plenty of songs that are Rihanna, right? right. And, there's and like, I thought anything with Usher is pre is uh, like late nineties, yeah. <laughs> so like it's older. I, I thought that the uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, that one in LA was perfect for that Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And this one was fine. Like I said, when when Lil John and Ludacris came out, like for me, that stole the show. Like it was no longer the Usher halftime show. It was the Lil John and the Ludacris. roller skates, man. The roller skates stole the show, right? It was <laughs> the roller skates or whatever. But for me, it was it wasn't perfect on him. That's what I appreciated. That at that point, once once turned down for what 
came on. I was like, this is the Lil John halftime show. And I love this. And then Ludacris, I was like, man, it'd be really cool if Ludacris came out. And then he comes out and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I think everybody, anybody that's aware of Ludacris had that say, man, it'd be cool. If Lud- oh, hey, yeah. Good. You know, like, yeah, it works. And then and then I was like, oh, yeah, what they want. Oh, yeah. I forgot. This is technically Usher's thing. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I, I if if it hadn't been for that ending, I think I would have been even more negative. Uh, I think that got it back to uh, I like this instead of just a and eh, to not for me. Um but I enjoyed the ending. So it it ended strong. Uh and then um I guess the other thing is commercials. I don't know. We've talked about this before. Every year we like don't I just, like them and I don't like them. I, it, it's not there were very anymore. few that stuck out to me. Yeah. Um Aubrey Plaza was in one. That was cool. Um just so you know, I there was texts and messaging going on. I I had your reaction taken care of, and then saw which like then caught up with the text conversation. Like I I knew where you were at. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm having a Baja blast. Um, during that commercial, but um, yeah. Like if if what's her face would have been there, if it would have been Aubrey Plaza with a song from uh Halsey, your girl Halsey behind it, it just would have been over. So that would have been, been the best sh- Super Bowl ever. I would have shut the game off. I'd have been like, this it's not getting any better than this. Um. But uh, other ads, I'm I'm trying to remember. <sighs> there was the one that was like Imaginary Friends where they did the office bit, which I thought was funny. Uh, I can't remember the actual actor's name, but pretending to be John Krasinski, like that gag in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was funny. And then, um, I don't know. Uh, the Patrick Stewart throwing Hey Arnold into the side of the mountain was funny for different reasons but randall park is his name um yeah i the only things that i like any commercials i even care to talk about is the movie previews that i'm interested in which honestly those can just come out whenever they don't have to be like a super bowl thing uh i'm excited for the new twister it's probably not going to be good i'm excited about it i acknowledge that this is the same when there's dinosaurs on a movie screen or tornadoes i'm gonna be excited my kids love twister we went as twister for halloween one year i know we watched it this weekend before that ad come out we didn't even know that ad was coming out arlo is obsessed with it now peyton used to be everybody loves that movie the old the the 1996 one we're gonna be excited about this it's probably gonna be bad i'm gonna probably giggle through the whole thing because it's ridiculous it's just what it is. That's what you're, that's what you're paying for. I'm not paying for reality twisters. I'm paying for entertaining twisters. Uh, and Inside Out 2, that was at the very end, I thought. I was surprised that wasn't earlier. Uh, but we've seen some previews for that already. But I'm excited about that. I, I like that movie. Uh, that was my middle kid's first movie she ever went to. Uh, I, I just like I liked the first one. So I'm excited about the second one to see what they do with that. Um, and it comes out on Father's Day. So I'm excited about that. No. Uh, the other one, the other movie, The Quiet Place. I haven't seen the old Quiet Places, like the John Krasinski oh. Quiet Places. I don't know if Randall Park's going to be in this one, uh, but I don't. I haven't seen those because I am not big on scary movies for the sake of being scary. Like I'm just not. That's not how I'm entertained. But I really like movies where the end of the world, like the transition from the world that we're aware of and that we know, 
transitions to something different. I'm always interested in that transitional time. Even if there's some scary involved, I can handle it enough for that. Cause I just want to see like the deconstruction of how this all goes down. Like how, you know, you know, in 2020, what we thought we were living like that, that kind of thing. Like I'm always interested in how people portray that. So I'm honestly, like I saw that preview and I was like, I'm interested in that. So I'm probably going to go watch, you know, the other movie, at least one of like the, the first one, just so I get some kind of form of reference for that world. Um, but yeah, so the movies were the only things that like I held on to. Inside Out 2, I'm with you a little bit. I'm intrigued by it. Um, Twisters, I I know it's, it's your fine. family's thing, and that's great. Yeah. I don't have yeah, that connection with it. So like when I saw that, I was like, oh, chalk this up to another bad idea from Hollywood. Yeah. Like, Fine. At one point, they were – I knew it was coming. It wasn't that I was unaware of this existing. At one point, it was – I forgot that build. it was coming out. Until I saw when, the ad, and I was like, oh, yeah, forgot that was going to be a thing. When we were in Twister uh, costumes, we might have started following the right people on social media so we'd be aware of something like this. So we we were aware. At one point, they were trying to try to tie the story together a lot more. They've abandoned that. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think still there's still enough reference in there, but I don't think it's like her kid or something like I think at one point they were trying to do. Or like Bill and uh, the tornadoes, kid. The tornadoes are Joe and Joe and Wild Bill. Uh, so, you know, I think they, they probably made good choices there. So I, I don't know. I'm going to go watch it and my kids will probably love it. And there you go. That's fine. I think it's going to be like the Jurassic parks where it's probably like, yeah, they're not good. <laughs> I, I don't come on here and tell you, Hey, lost world six was awesome. Yeah. No, it's not good. Didn't need this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. And then I guess the other one was, um, uh, the Temu ads where I learned that I was pronouncing that company's name wrong. Every, this is, I, I think this is I, Saber Sabre here. This like, I is think also a thing of like, I can't imagine the identities they are selling on the black market to be able to afford that many Super Bowl ads. Yeah. I could do without the depressing ads. Like, I think there's enough real life depression that we don't need to like make all of us feel bad. Every commercial break. I don't know. I could do without that. I mean, do I guess do what you want, but I could just, I could do without them. Especially at the Super Bowl. Like it's such a celebration type of thing. And there, you know, so many of the ads are going for the laughs and the game is supposed to be happy, exciting. And, and sadly, like that's when we don't like football is when we are reminded of real life negativity and the, and the, the fear of realities that can come into the game. So I just like during the commercials, I, I I just I'm happier when it's like I don't I don't know. I don't think I ignore it the rest of the time. So I don't think I need that reminder then. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, there's two ads I want to talk to you about when we're done recording the podcast. Um, but. Yeah, I just it was another year where I, I knew coming into this year, I was like, I'm not even going to get pumped for these commercials like they're not going to be. good. Yeah, and they I've weren't. given it no thought. Yeah. They weren't. Um, the Aubrey Plaza one being early got me a little bit excited. But then I kind of <laughs> knew like Natalie Portman's probably not going to be in one of these. Um, I doubt we get. Yeah, Halsey wasn't going to be any in any Billy Joel's <laughs> not going to be in one. So what are we doing here? Um, like the Usher, like pretending he doesn't no he's got halftime or whatever um the only other one that i kind of chuckled was was it jelly roll it jennifer aniston was in it 
I don't even remember who was advertising, which is probably not great for them. Uh, Uber Eats, maybe, I want to say. But it was like, to remember all this, you have to forget something else. And so, like, Jennifer Aniston forgets she was in Friends with what's-his-face, who was Ross. David Schwimmer. Sure. And Jelly Roll, like, looks in the mirror and is like, what's on my face? It won't come off. Like, (laughs) that made me laugh a little bit. But I'm not going to get Uber Eats. I think I was in and out, like out of the one room, passing another TV during that one. So I was not as up on it. I don't know. I, I honestly used commercial breaks like I use them all the time. I was up and down trying to get food, trying to fix, you know, TVs that got changed by babies, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, we had a nice big crowd. It was our biggest crowd in, in a while. And uh, some of those people listen. I was, I was glad to have them. I was happy uh, to kind of get back to the normal of that. Um, and not all that. I mean, I say that like it was 20. It was, some of that was people were in college and throwing their own parties. Well, it's it gla- awesome. I'm you know, glad you got times. to because, you know, I, I think you've yeah. probably seen this. Chiefs Niners Super Bowl, Trump versus Biden, leap year. All that's coming back around four years yeah. later. You know what else was in 2020? It's just a question of what pandemic we get this time. So I've had a, I've had a lot of life since then and not all of the positive. So I'm really good to break this chain at any moment here. So now we're going to get another pandemic. This one, I hope ends well. the world. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> oh, before we leave the Super Bowl to <laughs> on that sunny note, um, Tony Romo was exceptionally bad. I, the only takeaway from that for me was at least the whole nation can hear it. And this might cost him his job. I've never heard someone say so many dumb things. Like when he was talking about the Chiefs. Hey, 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 I'm I'm moving up. Yeah. When he was like, (laughs) when he was like, the Chiefs should go for it on this fourth down at the end of the game. Instead of tying the game, I was like, you're an idiot. Tie the game. What are you talking about? They should go for it. No. Nope. Yeah, that plays into some of my pet peeves that I've developed uh, that I I think I've touched on this a little bit before. Um, How many times? What was it at the end of the game when there was 10 seconds there there when it's like you get maybe two snaps out of this? Like, no, you do not risk that. Like, like, why do you think you're smarter than everybody to know how long 10 seconds is? We all know how long 10 seconds is. You don't do that. You, you do your one, took a shot, it's over. You got strict rules in your head. You're throwing it or anything, but you're not running around there for 18 seconds. Like, and, and you trust Mahomes to do that. So you never risk that. You don't do it twice. Uh, the other ones in basketball, these announcers that get so high and mighty about they don't need a three here. Like they're down by three. They don't need a three here. Well, you know what? They've shot 43 pointers in this ball game. That seems to be a big part of their offense. I don't think like you, you condemn them to hell when they shoot a three pointer there. Cause as soon as it gets like, Oh, they didn't need a three pointer. Oh, they made it. That's that works out like, or they don't make it, but that's what their game plan is the whole freaking game. And like, also my, my other shut up, like, so we get high and mighty about when you need a three or not, like, just let, like, accept what they do and don't like condemn them when they don't do it the way you think it should be done. The other problem I have with that on the basketball side is, and we're now into basketball season. So we're okay to talk about this. Good transition here. Um, But (laughs) 
when when the other team has like four players on the floor shooting above seventy five percent at the line, you kind of do need a three because they're going to make those yes, two free throws. Great point. And then you're going to need a three with less time on the clock. So yes. I just the game was it Nebraska Iowa? Yeah, I was listening to that game. They on the needed a three, and they did that. And I'm just like, well, then now they need a three. Like, what do you want? Yeah, no, they needed a three. Now and you're talking about Iowa. Like, what do they do? They shoot. Well, we're across half court, but we got to shoot it. We got to shoot it now. Like, that's what they do. Honestly, Iowa was shooting threes when they really didn't need to be shooting threes when they were winning. Like, it was yeah. like no, let's stay no time and off the clock, game, just brick. And I was like, ooh, what are we doing? <laughs> no, she's going for the record. Clayton yeah, Clark, yeah. we talked about it last week. Go on for the record. And that was such a distraction at the end of that basketball game. That game was so poorly coached at the end. It was ridiculous. I think she's a good coach. I don't, yeah. I don't know of what legendary status of a coach she is, but that was a poorly executed coaching down the stretch and poorly executed basketball down the stretch. Caitlin Clark does not get the record. She finishes eight shy. That's where she was at the beginning of the fourth quarter when you could, it just was so visible, palpable, how distracting that record was during the fourth quarter of that game. They got outscored 27 to 10 in the fourth, and Nebraska beats them, a team that has no business beating the number two team in the nation. They just don't. And, and you just give it to them. And then she's in the press conference after that, like complaining that she's not sitting on the stage while a Nebraska player is still sitting. Like overall, that coach lost her mind from the third quarter on. And it, it's just, it was bad. She needs to learn from that. I'm not saying they can't turn it around, but that team is not in a healthy place right now with, with some of the stuff that's been happening. So they just need to get it right. Luckily, they'll break the record on Thursday. They can move on. They can focus on what the team is doing and go. But just right now, that team's not in a great place. Iowa is not. I, I don't know. I'm not going to draw overarching themes or try to say good or bad coaching based on that one game. They've they've had this Caitlin Clark, you know, tour the whole year, and they're number two in the country. That's only their second Big Ten loss of the year. Um, but both are on the road. Both were upsets. Um, for Nebraska, it puts them – Back in, I don't you know, know the if at you large, have to lose a game for at it to, large to have something bad happen. Yeah, but it puts that they're the number two team in the country. How bad has it been? Um, I don't. I mean, they're. I I think that I I I don't know. All I've really said was that fourth quarter was very poorly coached, and how the coach behaved after the game was bad. I think. I think Nebraska played well in, in that fourth quarter. As a person who watched it, like I thought they played well. They they moved the ball well. They they did what they needed to do to chip away. They weren't, you know, hoisting up threes the entire fourth quarter. They they chipped away, chipped away, played good defense. They took Caitlin Clark away some in the fourth quarter and made other players try to beat them. And then those other players just didn't make shots. Some of it was they were rushing shots, but that's not necessarily like the coach can only do so much. The the players are on the floor. The players have there to was execute. three times while I was watching it where I thought they should have called a timeout to calm things down. Maybe. Um and, and you know it the difference that you don't it's different than men's basketball in this sense. In women's basketball, those timeouts matter in the last minute because those timeouts move the ball up the floor. So that's like the NBA in that sense. You don't want to be burning timeouts in the third and fourth quarters you know, early. That piece of cloth is important in case you need to use it to siphon some water later to make sure it's good. But when you're bleeding from the leg, you might want to use it as a tourniquet. So I do think a timeout somewhere down the stretch while you have 
one of the best players all time in college basketball. Yeah, but she used her timeout decisions to just calm things down. I, I think it's a relevant time to use a timeout. She used all of her timeouts in the game, and they she used them to move the ball up the floor, like it. So they weren't trying to get across half court with you know three seconds or whatever left, like. And they had a shot at the buzzer, and it didn't go in, and Nebraska won. Like, if they make that three, and it I goes to overtime. I guess I'm just overtime. looking more at the 17 points that they got were outscored in the fourth than I am looking at the last minute. I, I guess I'm looking at, like, trying to maintain a wider gap of a lead, calm things down. I guess I'm just looking at looking at that part more and again, than I'm looking at I guess my counterpoint to that. each one of those timeouts were down, each possession down there. I think you could not be in that position – where you don't have any time left and you're down three if you handle things better the first six minutes of that quarter. If this is men's basketball, I'm with you, but it's not. And the rules are different. And I do think, as a person who's watched a men's basketball game close and a women's basketball game close and how differently those timeouts are used and how different those situations are, I I do think it's different. It's not the same thing. Like, Yes, you can use the timeouts to break up a momentum thing, and that happens a lot in the third, and you know, you get one in the first half if things are going awry. But you have the media timeout in the fourth quarter, and it's not like things changed after the media timeout. Nebraska, it wasn't like a last three-minute surge from Nebraska. It was the entire fourth quarter they were chugging along. Media timeout happens. Yes. Media timeout happens. That's another time they can use to reset. They do. They come out of the media timeout. Nebraska keeps chugging along. So... I'm not sure what another timeout would have bought I'm not saying you. use three times. Maybe I misphrased this. I'm not saying there's three different times she should have. I thought there was three di- different times. I was like, use one. Use it. Like, you, like just stop this bleeding. Like, that's what my vocal comment in my room was. I'm yeah. not saying each, like, when you don't do it on this possession, okay, you, you, you didn't use it. Well, now they're down here and they shot another three and they made it. Like, use it now. You got to stop the bleeding. Oh, shoot, they didn't use it. Like, you got to use one sometime to stop that. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying use three timeouts. I'm saying use one of those bad boys to just calm things down. That's my point of view on that. I'll say I'm right because they lost. (laughs) Yeah, and you can play the result. But, okay, let's say they use one of those timeouts. And then with four seconds left, instead of having the ball in the front court, they don't have that timeout. Now they have to go the full court, and you're trying – you're saying I like my odds better of a longer shot than being able to draw up a play and be closer to the basket. I guess I'm basket. hoping if I stop the bleeding now, I'm not going to deal with a deficit later. And I think like, given I'm not how that projecting a quarter, deficit at the end of this game, I want to stop the bleeding now so we can maintain our lead here, so we have something to work with here instead of just keep letting things ride, keep letting things ride. And now I have all these timeouts, and like I guess it's handy to move it to half court three times. But like I think one of those you could have afforded if if it could have worked out that you could have slowed the bleeding. I mean that's a it's a what if. I just at the time at the time I was saying it. Sure, and I, and I think I, it was relevant. I my takeaway was coming in and out of that media timeout in the fourth quarter where it was the same story before the media timeout and after the media timeout. I guess I'm saying I don't know how much that would have stopped it. Because it didn't seem like it stopped it. The with timeouts the free didn't timeout. help anyway. Yeah, with the free timeout you get, it didn't help it make didn't a help shot either. So. Okay, but I, I like my odds better of having the ball in the front fourth of the floor or the front third of the floor more than I do the back end of the floor. I, I guess I would hope those other couple timeouts I would have had would have been there by then too. So. Also, when the girl from Nebraska makes a three with a hand in her face to get the lead, like that, I was like, all right. 
Was that the sophomore that made that? Mm-hmm. The one that had like 42 the other night? Yeah. yeah. She was good. It was a great shot. I don't know her by perfect name. I knew her by looking at her. And uh, well, right at the end, I was on radio then. So I wasn't sure which one made that. Yeah, it was a, it was a massive three. Um, and for yeah. Nebraska to get that win was big for them because it puts them in the at-large group now. They're on the right side of the bubble now. Um, so that's a big win for them. Iowa will be fine. Um, yeah, they will. Bad news for Don't Michigan. make it deep. I just – I they go into Caitlin mode at the end of that game, and I it was, it was good when they finally did find the girl that just scored 42 points the game before that late. Like, I, they went away from that for too long down the stretch that I was glad when they did refine that because, like, that made me think in the upcoming games they won't stick to that because um, in previous games they hadn't. I mean, she scored 42 last game. Like, obviously they didn't do that. She's been averaging, what was it, 27 in the last six or something? Like, that That girl's really good. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like her work. I like her. I wish she, I wish there wasn't, like, the negative from this. That's why the thing is, I, and I'm being negative. I know I am. But, like, I just, I, I hate that that's there because I really like, I really like her. And I, we were watching it. Like, we, I had my girl sit on the show, like, you're going to watch it. Put the darn tablet down. You're going to watch this. This is history. And especially like in the third quarter when she was going off and it like the record today started being possible. Um, I think the other problem was in the fourth quarter, I think they went in thinking the game was over. Like, I do think that was maybe a problem. And they, cause they went, I mean, the announcers are like, well, you know, she said that she'd really like to break the record at home. So maybe they coast here in the fourth quarter. And I was like, ah, Nebraska's kind of scoring. She was still trying to score a bunch, though. So I. Well, once once Nebraska didn't. made it like a one possession game, there was a large portion of the fourth quarter where she wasn't shooting. Like she was trying to find other teammates, which is fine. I'm not complaining about that. She has a thousand career assists for a reason, too. Like she's yeah, she can do more than just score. Isn't that but, a great record? I, I, I love that record. Um. But the little league basketball coach if he loves that record. Yeah. Like I felt, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, my, my takeaway from them losing that game is it's a, it's a bad day to be Michigan on Thursday. Cause they're going to get smoked. That is in Iowa. Oh yeah. They just, the be broken they in the just first lost. Well, there's going to be no distraction. The record's going to be broken. And Caitlin Clark might try to set the record for most points in a game. Like, <laughs> yes. what is that? I don't know, but she's going to go for it. Let's um, find out. <laughs> it's like Michigan's going to get run over. Um, but it's never a bad thing when that happens. No. Uh, but yeah, like I, they're going to be fine. It's on. It's on Peacock. It's on Peacock. Yep. The game is on Peacock. Huh? Okay. Yeah. The big 10 contract. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that. I've been watching the ones on Fox and FS1 lately. So. Yeah, Peacock is really excited about getting that game. Like, yeah. as soon as the final, as soon as it was final, like, you're seeing a lot of posts about, like, wow, what an upset for Michigan. And Peacock is tweeted, Thursday, or what an upset for Nebraska. And Peacock just tweets, Caitlin Clark goes for the record against Michigan Thursday. <laughs> and I was like, there's an executive there at Peacock that that entire fourth yeah. quarter was like, no more points, no <laughs> more points. <laughs> All right, uh, let's just stay at college and get out of this other women game. Virginia Tech, like I, I think a couple of weeks ago I said, it seems like they could get things right from here. Like I think there was that first win after one of the losses that was a little surprising. 
that I was like, you know, this might have righted the ship. It's it seems like it has to a degree. They beat uh, NC State for the second time this season. Did the Hokie women? Uh, they also beat Boston College. They're back into first place in the ACC, looking for one of those top seeds going into the ACC tournament here in a few weeks. This week they have Duke uh, and they have number fifteen Louisville. So uh, we said, I think starting two weeks ago, every week Virginia Tech has a showdown. This week's showdown is the Louisville game with that Duke game not being something to look past either. Um, so Duke Thursday night at 8 on ACC Network and then against Louisville on ESPN Sunday afternoon at 2. Uh, so look forward to, look, I'm looking forward to those. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a fun fun game there for them. And, and, you know, you had touched on it, and I agreed with you. Like, it, it was yeah. possible for this team to get it right. It's gonna not going to be easy, but it was possible. The win at NC State's huge. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and they still have some tough games ahead, but yeah, if they get the way those... they controlled the second half of the NC State game, I was what I was really impressed with. They yeah. only win by what 11, yeah. and like, so you don't just look at that score and be like, oh, they did. they felt so in control in the second half of that game, sure. That like NC State never really had runs, it just kind of was that 10 the whole time mm-hmm. and kind of got to like 14 and then came back to 10, not not down to six and back up to 10. Like, it they seemed like they really controlled a good team. I mean, NC State's good and they're they were number three for a reason. So I, I was impressed with that. I agree. Um but yeah it's it's great to see that for them and I'm I'm happy that they're they're doing so well there. Uh because it's awesome for Kenny and you know being a local guy makes him great. But also former JMU coach means good things are happening. Um <laughs> the JMU women um yeah split they they won the sunbelt game which is the most important game of the two but they lost the mac challenge which is a little bit disappointing um but again it's kind of like with the men i I, it's nice if you win it but it's not if you got to lose one you lose that one so yeah and it's a road game too so like it's easier to look past that and then try to put that out of your memory a little easier I mean, just to compare that to the men, just to draw that in here, the men won their MAC challenge game against Akron, and Akron's on the top of the MAC. So, like, that was a more statement made. It had produced a tweet out there, and I'm sure, I mean, it was a Sunbelt person, but it was like, yeah. if JMU, if Appy State does win the Sunbelt, but beats JMU in the championship game, does JMU get an at-large bit? The answer is no, but it produces that, like, thought, like, man, that was a nice win for them. And that was a, a good win over like a comparable team to them. It's just the conference ain't going to give up a bit. That's just, the, that's a fact. It's the, it's the unfairness reality of it all. And, but it is what it is. Yeah, no. And that's. If this was football, we tear it apart for 15 minutes. The ACC, we're not. We the ACC is only getting three teams. So the Sunbelt, the Sunbelt is not Apparently. getting two. Or, well, I guess if we're talking about women, the ACC will get more than three, but it, yeah, the Sun Belt's still only getting one. <laughs> like, yeah, um, <laughs> yes. but yeah, um, VCU had a good week. Uh, wins against St. Louis and St. Bonaventure. Uh, the St. Bonaventure game was, um, you know, a little bit sloppier on offense than I think they wanted to see, but the defense was lights out, and uh, they went from the number two nation scoring defense back to number one. Uh, them and Albany have kind of flip flopped at a few points this year. St. Joe's. Uh, also in the A-10, who's going to be an opponent coming up, has the number five scoring defense in the nation. So that'll be a really low scoring game probably when those two teams play. Um, but uh, VCU, you know, gave up 40 points against St. Bonaventure. 
their season average is, you know, 51.4. I think they have the nation's number one three-point defense as well in terms of shooting percentage. Love, Love that stat. Um, so th- it really makes it hard for opponents to win when they can't make threes and they can't score. Um, obviously. This week is a big week. Uh, it's Richmond on Wednesday on the 14th. So that's the uh, one of the teams that is ahead of them in the A-10. Richmond is tied for first with St. Joe's, which means, uh, you know, second or third, however you want to look at it. VCU is tied with George Mason. Uh, they have Mason, Richmond, and St. Joe's all ahead of them. VCU right now is 73 in the net rankings. Mason is 61, St. Joe's is 54, and Richmond is 51 as of tonight. Uh, and they have all three of those teams coming to the Seagull Center. First up is Richmond, as I said, Wednesday. Six o'clock. That's on NBC Sports digital property, so I won't be calling it, but I will be going to the game anyway. Um, and then uh, they play UMass on Saturday, but that following Wednesday, I will be back on the game when they play St. Joe's, uh, which is two of the best defenses. And then that March 2nd uh, is senior day against George Mason, which again, they're trying to sell out that game. So uh, go to VCU no. athletics.com. <laughs> Go to the game. It's a Saturday, March 2nd at 1 o'clock. You can get tickets again at vcuathletics.com and get your tickets for what's going to be a – it's going to be a good game. I mean, even if – I think VCU has a shot at home. They haven't lost at home all year. Um, But if that holds true going into that game, that has a great opportunity to be the A-10 regular season title on the line. Um, And the way VCU has played, it's going to decide – seeding in the a10 and it may decide top four which i mean you know uh being a fan of acc basketball how important top four is uh it's the same in the a10 you get a double buy that really helps uh play less games in a conference tournament where you don't want games to stack up consecutive days if you can help it so uh that vcu being in the top four would be great uh and that's in Enrico, so kind of a home game but you know not really technically a neutral site as well for richmond I think it's a little bit closer to Richmond than it is VCU. Uh, but, yeah, St. Joe's won nine straight. They're a red-hot team. But George May, uh, Richmond, who's coming in, and VCU both have won four straight. Uh, and I, I, that's going to be a fantastic game on Wednesday. So, 6 o'clock, uh, NBC Sports. Or you can come to the game and uh, come say hi. Awesome, awesome. Uh, on the guy's side, uh <laughs> The men just continue to do what they're doing. They lost three straight. It's just really bad on the road this year. I think that's upsetting to me. Uh, you know, I appreciate at least like there seems to be some pep in their step at home. Um, but just the road record, and we're just not who I thought we were going to be this year. I thought we we're going to be a touch better than this. So uh, we'll see what that winds up with. The opportunities this week are against Florida State and uh, UNC. Florida State being a home game on Tuesday night, um, that nine o'clock game. That nine o'clock game gets hard to stay up for the end of those. So uh, hopefully our players do because at the end of games, they tend not to be uh, awake. So uh, we'll see what they do. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't There's know. I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative, um, but it's not going well this year. I don't think yeah. that means you fire Mike Young. I, Mike Young's going to oh, no. coach there for as long as he wants to be. Um, but it's just not a good year. And, and when the ACC is being crapped on, I did notice Mike Barber, friend of the podcast, was getting a lot of quotes from ACC coaches um, who have also noticed how 
down everyone is on the league for a league that seems to do well in postseason play. Yeah. And has the blue bloods at the top of the conference, which we've always been told that's been the problem before is the blue bloods aren't any good. Well, now the blue bloods are good and you're still crapping on them. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's honestly Up until this week. It was like the only two that were ranked. So. Yeah. You're not the name. You're not the sec or big 10. That's your problem. Um, yeah. so, but we don't need to talk about that again. Um, but UVA's doing UVA well. kept winning. Yeah, that was a big win at Florida too. State. That was a massive win at Florida State for them. Yep. They're in good shape. They got ranked this week. I know people worked up about their ranking. I don't know. I keep telling UVA fans how to feel. I don't know. Feel feel how you want to feel, UVA fans. But it all matters on where you're seated, like Joe just talked about the A-10 and reference to the ACC. If you're in the top four, you're in a good spot, and that's where you are. So worry about the ranking later. Like, just – just be happy. I mean, for a coach that you wanted to fire a couple weeks ago, you're in a good spot. So just keep going. Um, let's go on to Jay. Oh, I talked about Jamie Min. The big game. This is what I wanted to make sure our listeners knew because I, I don't feel I always prepare our listeners for Saturday uh, during the basketball season as well. Saturday, Marquette, number four team in the nation, which kind of surprised me. wasn't wasn't as aware of that. They're going to play at number one UConn, which is a team I have yet to see a whole lot. I see the commercials when I'm watching Iowa women's basketball games because they're on Fox Sports, but I just have not watched a lot of UConn. I want to. Saturday at 3 is going to be a good opportunity for that on Fox. So if you are starting to look ahead at your bracket, Saturday at 3 is a good game to watch. Yeah, it'll be an That's exciting boy. game. That's <laughs> your boy coaching for Marquette there. It's not my boy. Um, <laughs> he was gone before I got hired by VCU, so I don't – yeah, not my boy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he uh, – He's got hair now, so that's good. Oh, somehow. Or he's got somebody's hair. I don't He's got somebody's hair. I don't know if it's his. Um, but yeah, Marquette, he's got Marquette winning. And then UConn's kind of been at the top all year. It's like been them or Purdue. Yeah, I just haven't watched them. Yeah, it's been them or Purdue that's been number one. Yep. And so that should be an exciting game. And the Big I, East Conference does still get love. I also I just don't, don't believe, believe in, in them. I don't think they're real. I don't think they are either. I no, I'm not. You're thinking, I'm saying, I don't think they're for real. I don't think Purdue is real. I don't think it actually exists. Oh, so this is another government. This is a conspiracy theory of government Purdue. It's like the Loch Ness uh, Monster. It's not real. It's just stories in the media. Purdue can't hurt We're you. all just looking at this big guy. Meanwhile, there's nothing happening on beto- behind him. There's just this, this image of a big player yep. where you're like, oh, my goodness, look how big he is. He must be great. Don't pay yeah, attention to the you. man behind the curtain. Yep. Hey, I'm behind you now. This is a conspiracy theory I'm willing to press forward with. Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> Local basketball. Uh, we have two undefeated Shenandoah district champions as of Monday night. <laughs> Both teams going to be sitting here waiting on their region tournaments. We have the Stanton Storm on the guys' side wrapped up their 12-0 and district mark with a win over Riverheads tonight. The Buffalo Gap gals, they won against Waynesboro tonight, uh, both in blowouts there. Uh, they finished uh, The girls there finished out their 12-0. So uh, they both finished strong. Uh, Stanton had, you know, matchups down the stretch to the, the top other teams in the district down the stretch. They had Wilson that they beat by 20. They had Stewart's draft twice in one week, one time slamming them, the next time beating them by 11. They had Fort Defiance beating them by more than 25. And those are the top teams right behind them in the district. And they absolutely stood up and took care of business. So uh, good job for them to close out strong. Um, Sticking with the boys just a little bit longer. 
Stuart Strauss, the team that has not finished strong. We were very high on them throughout the season. They were undefeated in the district when they played Stanton a week and a half ago. And they lose four district games down the stretch. They lose the two to Stanton. They lose to Wilson last Friday night, 65 to 53. And my note there was Wilson, uh, Stuart Strauss stubbed their toe against Wilson. I was willing to accept it. You came off the two games against Stanton. You had your head in that. It's just, it was back-to-back games. Okay, Stanton beat you a third time. It's just Wilson more than Jersey this time. I was willing to accept that. But then to play Fort Defiance and to lose by two, I will say a strange Fort Defiance score at 67-65, but to lose to them on Monday night, very disappointing. I think Stuart's draft most of the year played at a higher level than Fort Defiance. I know Fort Defiance was rising, but for them to be at the same level going into 2B playoffs doesn't have me as optimistic about Stuart Straff's opportunity to come out of that, that region. I really thought they had done things this year. I said it last week wholeheartedly out of the loss of Stanton, that they still had that chance to come out of 2B. They've already proved that to me. I have a lot more doubt in my mind now. I want to see how the, the bracket comes out and where they're sitting, but a lot more questions over Stuart Straff than we had two weeks ago. I don't think we're getting a team in 2B out of that region. Um, it's pretty tough. I think that Stanton, I mean, as good as Stanton is, I think it's going to be tough for them to get out of 3C. Uh, but I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that they can get out of 3C. It's going to be tough. Um, and I think that's probably it. And on the boys' I, side. On the boys' side. I, I, I kind of agree. Uh, the girls, so, Buffalo Gap will get out of 1B. Buffalo Gap will probably have some noise in the Class 1 playoffs even. but. Um, and the girls on um, yes i said girls yep on no i think side. the girls i make noise at the state level i think is is a given i think yeah. i think they have state championship on their mind I think for they good reason get, it's going to be a they challenge get back it should to the be. Seagull center it's going to be a challenge to win it but i think they're going to get back there yeah uh, outside of buffalo gap i would really mm. be worried no, I, I'm really impressed with this Buffalo Gap team. I saw them earlier in the year. Not one of their best games, but I think it, it proved a lot to be what they had then mm-hmm. with just the the grind that they had in that game and the rivalry game with Riverheads. They still beat up on them, but it just was an uglier game. We've seen you know nicer-looking scores since then, really taking care of business uh, against other top teams in the district, like Wilson, like Fort Defiance. So I remain positive about them. I think also – you know, they, they're in the same region that they've been in. And last year they took that path. I thought they lost games to one of the Rappahannocks. Excuse me for not knowing if it's Rappahannock County or Rappahannock, but they just didn't perform well in those two games in the postseason last year. They got them twice in the region final and then again in the state. And I, I think they're going to learn those lessons. I think they they brought back enough of those people. They have a, Avery, Avery Bradley that's – was right in the middle of all that. They have all these other players that were there too. I think they're going to have learned from those lessons. I have faith that they'll be able to not let that team trip them up or let a lesser team beat them. Now, maybe they come across a team that's on the same level as them and that's what causes them not to win it. But I just don't think they're going to get upset the way they did that I felt they did last year. So I'm, I'm really optimistic about Buffalo gap talking to other girls, basketball people in the area they also share that kind of same optimism that the Shenandoah district could, could bring home uh, a girls state championship with Buffalo gap this year. So I I'm, I'm very hopeful for that. And I, I think it's completely legitimate. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. You don't have a contrary thought. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I was trying to find something else to add, and I was like, I don't know. I felt like you crushed it. Mm. Um, so congratulations. You left me speechless. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got – we just don't have the information on all these tournaments coming up. Uh, I know on the boys' side in Region 1B, it's likely that Buffalo Gap will be like the 7 or 8 seed there traveling to a top seed like Carver Academy. Uh, so that's something to look out for. I don't expect those Buffalo Gap boys to go on the road and win that kind of game. So uh, I'm not there. Buffalo Gap looks to be the one seed, just locked in as the one seed there for the one B as they should be. That's really the only locked in or projection stuff I have. I was asking around today, even trying to find out more information. To B, you have the Bull Run that's playing their Bull Run District Championship right now. That's why we just don't know how that seeds up. And then the three C, the Valley District. Uh, tournament. Uh, they just wrapped up tonight with Spotswood blowing out Harrisonburg on the boys' side. So we don't know a lot there, uh, but we know Spotswood's the strong on the boys. We know, uh, I guess, what's a TA is strong on the girls. So, you know, we'll, we'll find that out. We're going to be a game behind next week. But so the, these guys are going to start at late in the week, like Friday, for a lot of those tournaments. We'll, we'll update you next Monday with what we got at that time. Um, but that's that's the best we can do with with no <laughs> twice a week podcast here. Um, let's stick. Let's uh, transfer to wrestling to high school wrestling. And all season, I said we got to wait till region and state titles uh, championships before I'm going to know anything, just because of the way the coverage works. And, and our local people are are with it too, so I will credit them. There is some local articles to read on that. So if you're into the wrestling, you got something there. Uh, you know. My hope, and as a homer, I was hoping Riverheads would be able to perform really well against Strasburg in this Region 2B championship hosted by Riverheads. They had performed very well against Strasburg in previous seasons when they wouldn't see each other in the postseason. So I thought there was enough enough there for me to have that hope. I don't think hope was wrong, but reality wasn't there. Strasburg very dominant this year after the fact uh, of seeing them, you know, win 293 to Riverheads as 164. And Riverheads wasn't second but of quite the gap there. Uh, I heard a lot about Strasburg's line of wrestlers that won the state championship last year. They brought back a lot of state champions. So it was, it was tough to battle them this year. Uh, Riverheads only brought back one state champion. Uh, now Riverheads is not a, a one-year team. They're a program. So they're, they have other guys, they have their hopes, but with the way this to be tournament kind of worked out, they're going to send four guys as uh, placers from the region including two region champions and Bryson Cash and Jake uh, Yao. Those two guys and, and three others will go to the state championships. There's four alternates available. Rivers is not going to have enough guys participating for them to really have a good shot at that class two state title. Uh, now, if they perform well across the board there, they can inch up the, the rankings there. It's still going to be hard for them to get ahead of, you know, other previous year's top finishers like Glenver and Pocosin that have good programs. So I'm, I'm just not – expecting as high a finish for Riverheads this year as, as I was a couple of weeks ago, especially out after how this 2B went. Uh, we have other 2B teams uh, presenting guys for the Class 2 tournament. Fort has uh, like four guys going, or six total guys going, and two alternates. Stewart's draft has a guy going. So we're, we're well represented for our district, but I think Strasburg just kind of put the clamps on things there in the 2B tournament. Yeah, Strasburg, uh, well, we touched on They're it good. last week. They're good. It was yeah. going to be tough for Riverheads to beat. So, 
Yeah, I think if Riverhead's going to bumped up to class two like two years ago is what someone told me. Is that two years ago we they beat Strasburg pretty good in the regular season. Uh, so it's just the timing of this. But as that person also said, Riverhead's going to keep keep battling here, be back. So this isn't write off that Strasburg's always going to be better than Riverhead's. Just this year, Strasburg particularly strong with their returners. Three C last week I mentioned uh, some of what they had uh, that happened at Brookville last week. This week. Just like the two class two, class three will happen down at Salem. Uh, you know, Cooper Brandt and Alex Jordan are region champs from Wilson. They'll go to that class three state championship um, tournament. Stanton has a couple guys going. Waynesboro has a couple guys going. But, you know, I, overall, and this is where I was drawing this in, I was expecting more region champions. We had four region champions between two schools here out of the two, out of the different regions. And most years, I think we have more. And so I, some of that is class one with Riverheads in the region that helped, sure. But even Wilson, I think, had stronger years. And I also know Buffalo Gap usually has more wrestlers in the top. And this year they really have – they don't have top contending guys down uh, out at Swope this year. So I, I think a down year for our district wrestling, but stuff to build. I mean, we have good programs here, so I, I'm not just writing it off here. Uh, but I just think this year, just kind of the the kind of suck back in year, and then we'll see what we get in the years to come. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I talked some wrestling with some people this weekend. That's why I, that's that's my optimism. I hope. I, I I feel like this. I'm hoping it doesn't go into the spring, but I this academic year, it's kind of been a theme. It down district year, and a lot of stuff. Okay. Um. All right, D-block time. I have plenty to talk about, so I'm going to kick it off. Uh, what you know that I need to know, we'll phrase it this one, is the dunk contest is this weekend. If you recall, Mac McClellan won that a year ago. Our listeners, Joe, I know knows, but our listeners remember that Mac McClellan won from Gate City. He will be back on the uh, participants list to try to defend his championship. He will now be wearing an Orlando jersey. Uh, and still not really rolling in the NBA. He's still in the D league, but great that the NBA is offering this opportunity for him to come defend his crown. And uh, I expect him to, to be ready. Now I'm not saying I guarantee a victory. I know I'll put money on him like I did last year, but uh, it won't be as good a value this year. Uh, but uh, you know, he'll come ready. He'll have some dunks ready and it's going to take a good performance to beat him. So I'm, I'm I will tune into that. I know, uh, without him there, I don't know if I would have, but with him in it, I'll definitely be tuning in Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know it was going to be this weekend's until you had it in your notes here. So I, you do know that. And I guess I did need to know. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it this year. It doesn't have anything to do with Mac. It has to do with where I'll be. Um, this is like my last free weekend for a little bit. So uh, I don't see That's that. Fine. I don't see that. I'm excited for his opportunity to go into this thing. Like I, I love that yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't lose that in there. Now the guys he's going against aren't top names. Jalen Brown from Boston is probably the most known one. Jacob Toppin I've heard of. I don't know who Jamie Jacquez is from Miami. I don't know him. So uh, I, I wish I wish the stars were still in this, but I'll max the star for me. So I'll take it. Yeah. Um, do you want to go with your next one? 
if you're looking at my sheet, I'm going to skip down to one. But uh, oh, I I watched a little bit of golf this weekend, which is unusual at this time of year with football season still in and basketball being strong. Usually Masters is when I really jump in two feet. Mm-hmm. I have a young son that's just drawn to seeing golf balls and golf clubs. And when he sees them, he's excited. So when we were scrolling through channels and I clicked it over there for a minute to see the mess that is the waste management open, uh, he, he, he lit up when it was on there. So we kept it on there for like a solid 90 minutes and he sat there and watched, which it wasn't bluey that he was glued to the TV with. So I was, I was excited. So it was nice. It was one of those, uh, you know, good dad moments of, uh, sharing a common interest. Uh, I think he, he might, I, I think with his interest in golf, he could easily surpass me <laughs> with anything in interest, uh, skill, uh, <laughs> ability. I think he could easily pass me on any of that kind of stuff with with the way he reacts to it. Uh, but I'm just excited that he's into something that uh, that I like to participate in. I like to go golfing and stuff. So we, I took him last year out. I, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I took him out one time. It was great. And uh, on a real golf course, it wasn't just a putt-putt. It wasn't just a par three. It was a real golf course. We went out and uh, we only played nine, but we had a great time. And he wants to go again. Uh, that was in the fall. That was in September. So that's the reason I haven't taken him out again. So I just think it's cool. And to see uh, in no way have I pushed this on him. Like, and I know every, every parent says that. I really haven't. <laughs> Other than owning golf clubs and him knowing me to go play golf. And uh, that's really it. Because he didn't watch me play it on video games until recently. He was already in golf. He just has this natural interest in the game of golf. I think he just likes what's happening. So I think it's cool to see. I've never, I haven't seen a whole lot of that with sports and kids. My other kids don't have a sport that they're that react to that way. Um, so I don't know. It's a cool thing. And I, I enjoyed watching that a little bit. Uh, luckily the TV doesn't show the whole story of what's going on at that waste management open with the craziness that's going on there. Um, but Hey, it was cool to watch. I, I don't care. I, I'll turn on the golf channel and watch the amateur open or something. If he's this interested in it, we'll, we'll watch it. So that was going to be my question on what was your takeaway? Do you, they had to stop alcohol sales. So yeah, a lot of my knowledge on that was social media, not the broadcast. So yeah. I, but that was going to be my question. Some of it filters in from above, but uh, I might've distracted him a couple times. I, I, I hate for that to be, I don't know. He's going to watch the Masters coming up, and that's going to be what I really lock him into. What's my take on it? I think it's a mess. I, As someone that at one time in my life probably would have dreamed of going to that event and acting like an idiot, um, it's not great. It's just going too far. It's This is like why we can't have nice things. Like they have this stadium situation, and it's a big crowd. And I think, you know – some probably helps, but then the line has been crossed. And then when it's interfering with the play of the game, when they have to change the rules because of the behavior, like it's the why we can't have nice things thing. So I, I just wish people could just find that right spot a little bit easier. I know that's a tough thing to do uh, with any, you know, drugs or alcohol. It's tough to, <laughs> to, to handle it appropriately. And that's why we have laws in our country limiting our rights on such things. Uh, it stinks that it interfered with the golf so much. I, I'm not, a, I'm not big on it, especially sitting down with my son to watch it. Like it, 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 that probably not that I'm Mr. Protective and block, you know, every single thing from him. 
he's he's young and so i just don't want like to have to explain why there's cups raining down on the green right now so i we talked about it because we watched the end of the tournament uh until like i don't know six o'clock i think we finally it went past yeah and they they finished after the super bowl that was a that was bad on their yeah (laughs) i shut it off at six uh to go over to the super bowl but we watched up until then and we were talking about it while we were watching it, the people that I was watching the game with and it, cause we were talking about it. I was, I was like, that's crazy. And part of me wants to be like, look, professional golfers, you have to deal with this one tournament a year where fans get round and loudy or loud and rowdy. <laughs> I like it though. I want, um, that might stick. <laughs> round and loudy, but round and loudy. Um, you have to deal with that one tournament a year. Every other professional athlete has to deal with this every single time they're at an event. Um, okay. But so just the noise, like the but, interference of the game is my issue. Well, I don't even care if they're doing it during the swing and the backswing. I don't care about that. Like deal with that. My problem yeah. is though it, and we talked about this. It's, it used to be people go for the golf and go to also have a good time. And now, this year in particular, it seemed like there were people there who weren't there for the golf at all. Like, when you're there to slide down the hill and run around the course and jump in the sand pit and whatever, like, at that point, like, I'm like, all right, this, that's weird. Like, it would be the equivalent of a drunk fan, you know, race, you know, tries to walk onto the ice during a hockey game and get in the way. Like, then you have a problem. Um, right. That's and, my issue. And I think that's my issue. I think that's where the line was crossed. And so that's right. where I was kind of like, all right, you can't have that. Like, I don't think we're different here. I think we're we're close to say the yelling, the loud. Yeah, there was I, there was I a golfer. There was a golfer er, earlier in the week that was, you know, yelling at a group of fans lined up along the course. It was like, well, somebody yelled it and just, you know, cut the bleep. Mm. And I was like, I don't know, dude, get over it. I like even when Tiger would get mad about someone during his back. So I don't, I don't love I that. Like, golfers. like, just uh, get over it. Like if yeah. you can't handle yeah. somebody yelling during your backswing at one tournament, I don't know, dude, grow up. Like this is also coming from a person though, who sucks at golf and, whether people are well, dead silent, <laughs> whether people are dead silent or screaming, I'm going to suck either way. So I, prefer, I guess I prefer music. And if someone's yeah. talking while I'm on the tee box, keep talking. Well, like, I don't I don't want change. I yeah. want consistency. And that's <laughs> and that's, you know, we were and I guess that's the difference, right? Like, because sometimes it'll be quiet. And then right during the backs when they're like, Wah! and yeah, I guess. OK, but then my my contrary to that is like, OK, well, what about when there's a basketball player at the free throw line like that's the kind of stuff that happens at the free throw line and they just you know build a bridge and get over it like um i i but it's the throwing things and you know running onto the course and falling into the course and just that's yeah that's where i'm like i "Ah, can't have that like so on saturday's broadcast they See, I didn't watch Saturday. Focus. I watched Saturday. That's what I yeah. was watching. I didn't watch Sunday. So maybe they talked more about it on the broadcast. Uh, and maybe some of the times I went away from it on Saturdays, maybe the time they were talking about it. Because when the stuff was raining on the course, and I knew I couldn't explain that without 
touching on areas I didn't need to touch with a six-year-old, you know, I moved on. So maybe that's when I, I missed like how the coverage handled that. So social media is where I caught most of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. When it, onto the field of play, just the same as a basketball game. When you, if you, they throw a drink onto the court, can't have absolutely it. inappropriate. Can't have it. So I think that same way at golf. Yeah. The yelling. I don't, I'm not, I'm not even stopping on the yelling. Like just deal with it. Just deal with it. As I, I, I mean, on. even the fans, like I'm not even saying don't like, don't get so drunk. You don't know that you're yelling. How's that? Like, yeah. Don't be able to things. walk out of there at the end of the day. That's you true know? too. There are a lot of people who probably couldn't walk out by themselves and that's a problem. Um, yes. But like, uh, to, to the golfer that was, you know, mad that somebody yelled during his back swing, like the group text on Saturday, we did have fun with that where I was like, when you miss it, when you chunk a shot or miss a putt, like be an adult and scream obscenities into your PlayStation microphone, like the rest of us, like, <laughs> because that happens in our white, white diamonds tour, um, where I was, I may have said I was Chernobyl on the back nine of the last round of our tournament. And it cost me the tournament that we were in this weekend because I just, I was two putt Tony everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, can't have it. Um, but I was even a three putt Theodore Theodore on one. It got me a couple bogeys. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't have, I don't have sympathy for the golfers there. It's when, but there were points and it, this weekend it did go too far when like, like you said, when they're throwing stuff on the course yeah. or their, their bodies are in the course, like, yeah. can't have that like and again it's probably a good rule of thumb no matter what the event is if the fans can't stand on their own because they're too intoxicated there might be a problem and i don't know what that solution is because there's been a lot of talk of you know, we're gonna have drink limits you know and i'm like okay but how many times I, i'm sure you've seen it before i've been at stuff where the there, people get around that like yeah, they but they know that. Like that's the thing. They, when people give like bracelets or tags or mark hands, they know people are going to work to get around a bit. Like they're creating obstacles to like that's true. Limit the amount of people that are just going crazy. I like they know that. I I, I don't know. I I don't know the fix. I don't know the fix because people are dumb and and that's what happens. But I don't know. You go to NASCAR races and people bring their own beer in. They bring the cheapest beer they can. They get to bring it from the outside in. And we don't see time after time, weekend after weekend of alcohol incidents at races. So like it can work. Like you don't have to go there and just be nuts. Really? The only time, the only time there's stuff at NASCAR where the fans do something like that is like at the very end of the race. Sometimes yeah. drunk fans. And sometimes it they, does, and it's not great. But like, yeah, but it's, it's not, also pretty minimal, and that's like is. what this tournament is now. Like, yeah, like it, this is it. And so, like, there's there's a middle ground that, like, I think we all can recognize should be able to happen. So, like, if they make a couple rules to like help it get it in that direction, I'm I'm not going to bash the tournament for that either. I do. I don't I want them think, to though, like you know ban alcohol, but like they need to do something to help people make better decisions. But it, I also think it's a demographic thing there. Like a lot of these people sure that were losing their minds were college kids from yeah. maybe a university that's not too far away. Like, yeah. Um, so what, no sales of tickets below 22? Like, what do we do? Or below 24? Or like, yeah, I don't like that. Either. I don't like that either. I but um, 
saying like in the comparison to NASCAR fans bring beer from outside and get absolutely tanked. And we don't see this at NASCAR races. Like I, they're older people for the most part. And I also think that they don't want to go to jail. And there's a problem if they go to jail. These kids didn't care. These yeah. kids, I don't know if they cared. Like maybe, maybe a quicker, quicker trigger on stuff like that. Like get them out, get them out of there earlier. I think that's probably a good call. Like I think yeah. as soon as somebody, like I saw videos of people like doing something. I was like, I, why did it get to that? Like when there was a kid running on the course and like jumping into the sand pit, I was like, how did he get that far? Like, and I did by the time the video sort of ended. Bunker, but- well, sand pit bunker. <laughs> if you're going to correct me on soccer lingo every week, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but he's jumping into the bunker and like the video goes on for like 15, 20 seconds. Wow. And I still haven't seen security and he's out of the bunker running around. And I'm like, I. That's also where I would like, if you have like him, a bro. section, like, and you know, like they're raining beers down and you know, this section, some beers came out of there. You clear one section out or two and say, get the hell out. It'll like, it's going to calm a lot of the other sections down. It'll stop. Um, I also think it was like, and this is a problem, like, in terms of the bunker <laughs> and in terms of people running on the course. Like, the problem was it used to be limited to the one hole, and then it kind of grew to the course. Yeah, and now this year, it was like a full-on riot. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was a problem. Yeah. And they had to cancel alcohol sales the final day of the tournament. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. It was. There's other events though that have the more relaxed feel. Some of those are like pro am stuff where you have celebrities involved, but there's still real golfers there. And Lake like Tahoe's one, yeah. Ta- yeah. Like I, I just would, I would, if I was the waste manager, but I talk to those other events that have a more relaxed atmosphere and just understand how they're doing it. And I think some maybe of the- it's just yours is the focus, and everybody's just hitting it hard. And you might, but like I'd still, I, I would, I would address this. I would not say, oh, this was an outlier. Because it just feels like it's ramping up and up and up on this. So, like, I think you got to have to try something next year. I also think some of these other events probably saw this this year, and they're going to be more uh, prepared. They're going to yeah. be more prepared. If as yeah. soon as somebody, like, thinks about throwing something onto the course, yeah. someone's going to get smacked upside the face. Like, it's going to happen. Like, and then, I don't know. That's why we can't have nice things. It is why we. What do you got? You got to have something I need to know about. Um, yeah, I'm watching a documentary. Um, I'm still not all the way through it. Um, because I was eating a steak that might be undercooked, and I might get food poisoning later and die from it. I don't know. Um, but fingers crossed. We uh. Oh, you're hungry tonight. That's your problem. I got you. It's part of it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, the documentary is uh, "Lover Stalker Killer." um on That's netflix game. it's on netflix <laughs> uh, i used to m uh f l but uh that's a different game <laughs> it's mfk isn't it oh yeah mfk yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no this one is lover stalker <laughs> killer it's this documentary about this guy who pre i i i am sure they have told me the the time frame and i just haven't paid terribly close attention in terms of the specific years but given the the website he's talking about it it's pre-tinder and the dating apps it's more dating websites if that gives you any indication of the time frame we're talking about um but 
Um, it's on Netflix, and it's about a guy who starts seeing this person, and then he brings another person into his life that he starts seeing because he's been up front, you know, he's not looking for a serious relationship. He's just, you know, looking to date around and, you know, whatever, keep it casual. Um, but then one person apparently, you know, starts getting threatening messages from him, and then this person also starts sending threatening messages to the other people he's seeing. And then, you know, keys, cars get keyed and houses burn down and, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, there's I just got to the big twist, which when it happened, I was like, holy crap. But, um, yeah, uh, so far it's been good. So if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into crime or just bananas stories, um, it's great. You're into crime. Yeah, as a person who... Uh, is on you know the dating scene right now and for me i was just like oh boy all right there's a new fear unlocked um but yeah so i don't know it is what it is um but yeah like i thought i thought this documentary was good and then (sighs) the other the thing i i know that you need to so i guess that's dominating my life um the thing i know that you need to know I would say is um, the the sports uh, streaming service that they announced. I believe it was announced last week because I think it was last week I was sending it to you. I don't think we talked about this, did we? Yeah, it's it's like a week old. It's a, at that. It, I think it was like last. But Tuesday. we didn't talk about it on the podcast. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. So ESPN. Uh, Fox Sports and uh, Time Warner, Warner Brothers, Discovery, whatever the name of their company is now, um, have all announced that they're going to form a new streaming app and they're all going to take equal share in it. Uh, and the, their sports rights will all be on this streaming app, uh, meaning if there's a channel that they will be showing a sporting event on, it will be on this app or this service. So it's kind of a cable bundle kind of deal. Um, sports centric. Yeah. But specifically for sports, you're going to get, you know, the NCISs and all that jazz. Um, my only disappointment is that CBS and NBC aren't a part of it because it would be great to just know if this is kind of what you and I have talked about before. Like Mm -hmm. the only reason I have YouTube TV is for sports. If it wasn't for sports, Life would be a lot cheaper for me if I wasn't a sports fan. Um, but so I I don't know if the fact that those two aren't in on it, I don't know if it's worth me getting it. Um, but you said CBS. What's the other one you wanted? NBC. Uh, yeah. So you still got to get like Paramount. And so final final four and stuff. Unless they start saying we're streaming the final four on Paramount Plus. And football games on Paramount Plus, which they haven't. Um, I know the Super Bowl. They might have to after this exists. Maybe, depending on what happens to cable. Um, But it's going that way. It's going that way anyway. So it's going to at some point. I will say Peacock is already starting to move there where a lot of stuff goes on Peacock anyway. Um, Iowa. Yeah. So that wouldn't be that hard of a sell for me, probably. Yeah. it's the CBS that's mainly like the Ravens play on CBS. Now I, I have already said I watch more Red Zone than Ravens, so I, I do too. I don't know. How I mean much. Steelers, obviously, but right. 
Um, but I honestly, even when the Seals are playing, I, I just I, I no on the same way. Get enough. It's hard for me to watch one game when I know there's twelve games going on at the same time. It's hard when there's not twelve games during the playoffs. I struggle. I struggle to sit there too. and watch one game. It's hard. I really get it used to red me. zone. But and and I guess the during the season, the only time I watch one game is when the Steelers are on prime time and they're on there enough that that's why when on Sunday afternoon. I'm watching red zone. Even if the Steelers are playing at one, I don't, I'm still watching red zone. Yeah. That's just where I'm at. I agree. Um, but so that all that being said, like, and here's the cool thing, like before it's been, if you have ESPN plus, but the game is on ESPN or ESPN two, you can't get the game. You have to have this bundle to get the stuff on ESPN, ESPN two. But if you just have, you know, ESPN, ESPN 2, 3, your TV provider, then you're not getting stuff on ESPN+. Plus. This would, anything ESPN has the sports rights to is going to be on this app. So that's a nice little merger, which for me, I'm like, okay, so you're telling me I can ax ESPN+. Plus. Like, because this is going to be built into the price for this, I'm sure. That's the other cause for concern, right? Like, my fear is there's no way it's going to be under $40 a month. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be $35, $40, and probably go up after a time period anyway. Yeah. Uh, They are talking about a bundle, this bundle, and then being a price break to bundle it with Disney Plus, Hulu, and Max, which I heard Hulu and Disney Plus are going to kind of be in the same thing here soon anyway. Um, but then also max, like that one bundle could take care of a whole lot of stuff that I'm already getting right now. But like, if, when you do the math, it, it would, sense. it would save me even at, even at a bundle price, even at 40 bucks for this and whatever that additional bundle for the Disney plus max that I'm already paying is it'd still be cheaper than what I'm paying for direct TV now. So like, I'm very interested in this, but like you have the same problem. I Paramount and Peacock are still the problem. I yeah. don't have Paramount access. I do have so. Paramount access. It's not mine, but I. Um... Oh well, then I don't have Peacock access. <laughs> but I don't even like. I never get on Paramount. Like I never do. <sighs> I forgot that they were going to merge Disney Plus and Hulu, and that actually depresses me because I was looking forward to cutting Disney Plus. I've said this before. It's been a threat, and I haven't gone through with it yet. But it. I watch Disney Plus. We live different lives than that. My kids watch that Disney Plus all the time. Sure, I don't have it. Uh, I don't have that. So, um, yeah. Kiff. (sighs) Right. Um, I just. Small percentage of our audience that just knows what I just said. I I just, for me, I watch Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian and Muppet Christmas Carol right now. And. (laughs) <laughs> they haven't had a new season of Mandalorian in years. So I did at one point go, why the hell am I paying for this? Um, and right now it's because the bundle, but I was like, well, okay, I got to do some math here. It might be way cheaper for me just to kick Disney plus to the curb here and just pay for Hulu and ESPN plus. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I like Hulu. Disney Plus does not have enough good original programming for me. It would be purely nostalgia. I know, it, honestly, like this podcast, I tried to, there was a time and I've already stopped doing it. Um, 
where I was just going to watch animated Disney movies to justify having the Disney Plus subscription. And that's gone by the wayside. One one problem I have, and it's a problem I currently have, the darn ACC signing this darn contract with the CW to pick up the lowest tier games. Football season didn't hurt me much. Basketball season really didn't get me until this weekend when the Hokies were on the CW. I don't, I don't have the CW. I don't, I don't have it now. I'm paying direct TV. I'm paying for various streaming apps. <laughs> I have access to maybe more than I'm paying for. And I don't have any way to watch CW. I have no way to watch CW in my house. I also don't have CW. I know you don't. <laughs> yeah. Because that got tested on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I already knew I didn't have the CW because I think there was one game last year during football season that I was trying to find for yeah. investment purposes. And now I the, a- that the ACC sports is the only reason I want the CD. I, there is not one moment of that television network that I want other than the ACC. Yeah. I just wish the ACC got out of that. Like just you have the ACC network sitting there, figure that out. Like avoid having, that I problem. do, I do question. And look, let's be honest. When your product is on the CW, things are not going well. Um, no, and That's why our basketball is on this weekend. Yeah. And, and so, like, <laughs> I was also with some friends, and we were talking about it, and I think they said they were trying to find the Virginia Tech game to go watch it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. As much as I love watching the end of my game get booted for charmed coverage, I think I'll probably skip out on the game altogether. <laughs> like, because they were like, well, maybe we'll go somewhere and watch the game. I was like, I don't know if I need to do that. Like, yeah, I didn't watch. I don't. Care. We watched golf. We watched an hour and a half of golf. That's yeah, that's when that's, I watched golf. I, I was just like, I don't care enough to do this. Like, I'm I'm not going to say I didn't try. I tried. I, I well, but see, I already knew. Them. That's why I didn't try. I already knew I didn't have the CW. So I was like, I can go out to a restaurant and watch it or I can just give up. And I just I gave think up. I put on our sheet last week that it was on the CW and I never processed in my mind that it was on the CW. So I am currently the CW looking at our see what I'm dealing with here. Yeah, I know the CW had a new score bug because I saw that on Twitter during the game. They were like, CW unveils a new score bug. And I was like, cool. If they have a new score bug, but nobody's watching the game because they don't have the CW. Does it exist? Does it really happen? Like, (laughs) that's the CW. Like, honestly. And, you know, uh, I sent it. I don't think I sent it to you. We got another one. We play Wake on the freaking CW next Saturday. Great. Um, Or not next Saturday, two Saturdays from now. I think I sent it to you, the sporting class with John Sampson and or God, now I am just having a day. Uh David Sampson and John Skipper, not John Sampson and David Skipper. But um Round and Loudy. Yeah, we're having a day. I haven't even had anything to drink. Um <laughs> but but they talked about the reason, and, and this is probably the reason NBC's not involved, is NBC also owns Comcast. And so I'm sure NBC isn't like, oh, a thing that could kill Comcast? Yeah, sign us up. Like, but part of me is also like, okay, would you rather get some money or would you rather get no money? Because I do think this, like for me personally, I don't know if I want to get it yet, but you've already touched on it. Stuff is already going to streaming. Sunday Night Football is on Peacock. You can watch Sunday Mm -hmm. Night Football on Peacock already. And so now that I'm thinking about it, 
the Premier League, which I watch, is on Peacock almost all the time. Every once in a while, Liverpool will play a game that's not on Peacock. Uh, but the majority of their games are on Peacock. So, I don't know. Maybe it is worth cutting YouTube TV. I don't know. I, I just... And so, if enough people do this, I, I guess my point is I can't wait for Comcast to die. But, I don't know. The, the world will need an internet provider, so Comcast will make all their money from that. But, I, I just... I don't know. Like, I... I, I I would like to see a way for NBC and CBS to get involved with this so it just makes it an easier decision for me overall. But I'll also say this. If they want to give me a package where they shut those channels off if it's not a sporting event, I'll pay for that. Because I don't need... I don't need NCIS. I don't care about Ghosts or yeah. Young Sheldon yeah. or CSI, oh, yeah. CSI, Waynesboro, or whatever is on... CBS like I don't care like and when so when I do go old school and I'm just on a possible Sunday afternoon if nothing else I'm wanting to watch is on and I'm flipping channels kind of situation which is honestly not often because I'll probably just stream something oh we needed to watch this or we wanted to watch this or the kids have control and it's on ES or Disney plus anyway um I'll find a movie oh man I haven't watched this movie in a long time and you know what I do immediately go on my phone, type the name of the movie and type the word streaming. I find out where it's streaming and I go to that thing and watch it without commercials. Like that's so like, I, yeah, I, I can't wait to get rid of cable. I don't have a uh, high speed wired to my house. I have a satellite. I have a, mm -hmm. not a satellite dish. It looks like a satellite dish. It's a tower and it's, I'm actually really close to it. So I have a great connection and I have as good as I can get everybody else on my road. There's two houses on my road that don't have it wired to our house. And it was the two people that were the oldest on the road when they came through to do it. And now I bought the house and it's my problem. Once I get wired in there to my house, I will not have direct TV anymore. That's the only thing holding me back, especially with this package existing. Like, absolutely. I know it because the tournament, the tournament's why I have three cable boxes. Because for one month so a year, with I didn't this, get a third cable box. <laughs> with this, a game that is on CBS, you would not get. Okay. So you would get the games on True TV. This is the weird part, right? You would get the games yeah, on True TV, TNT, uh, and USA. It is weird. I didn't think that part through. I'd, I'll figure something out. Yeah. But you would, you would not get the games that are on CBS proper. Like, that is weird. And I'm not saying I'm not going to have any kind of, I mean, I know YouTube TV is the equivalent. I, I got that. Like I, I would get rid of the direct TV satellite dish situation for sure. the equivalent online just to not, if I had wired internet to my house, but yeah, I, I'm anxious for that day. Yeah. Uh, but I do think if CBS were to start putting things on CBS on Paramount, Paramount it yeah. would be a no brainer decision then. And you just get their football it. has been not their NFL, I don't think, but their college football has been yeah. going on there. And I imagine it will with the Big Ten. Um, so at that point, it's a no brainer to axe it. That and, Big and Ten commercial was painful. That was weird, wasn't it? That's a commercial. It was it hurt. It was weird to see them be like, who's ready for the 330 Big Ten kickoff? And I was like, not me. 
And then they used the same song. I get it. They paid a lot of money for that song. But, well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. They probably didn't pay a lot of money for that song, actually. And they're just going to use the hell out of it. But uh, it was weird for that song and me to see the Big Ten logo. I didn't like that. Yeah, it's different. I think you're you're gonna get used to it. How about when Fox uses the NBA on NBC classic round ball, whatever that name of that is? They use that for their college basketball on Fox. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't pay attention to yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, they do, and it's terrible. Like Maybe every I, time I must not I'm have, like, oh, sh- oh I must not have caught that at all when I was coming when they were coming back from a break. I've heard it over there. Okay, and I've seen. I trust you. I'm just saying. I must. I just. Comments. I did not. Com- I did not catch it at all. Um, I'm surprised NBC lets them do that. I, I think it's something down the line. Rights. Does John? Does so. John Tesh still own the rights to that song? I I don't know how it works, but I know I hear it on there, and every time I'm because that's who did it. Yeah, John Tesh is the one who made it. Um, John Tesh absolutely did it. And if you, don't take my word for it, ask him. He'll tell you. Um, but there's other good news for the podcast listeners. If you're still listening to us, congratulations. Um, he made it through. But um, <laughs> my brother and I have listened to the new Billy Joel song. We have gone through the entire Billy Joel catalog. and we Does are, it fit in the 50 somewhere? We're finishing our rankings of all the songs <laughs> again. And we will do a new 2024 edition. I'll bring my brother on and we'll do it at the very end. So if you're not interested, you know, you don't have to listen to that point, but for Leland, we're going to wait till the summer for this. Leland will have to listen to it. I don't know, Leland, we might have to do it before the summer. Um, We're not doing it in March. (laughs) I'm not saying we're not. I'm not saying we're not. Might be what I know that you need to know. Um, We'll bring him on and we'll break it down uh, to entertain Leland and culture Leland some. Um, and then, you know, if you like Billy Joel, you can listen along. Or if you just like to hear Leland get tortured, that's cool, too. Uh, but, yeah, so I wanted to let the rest of the podcast audience know that that's exciting news. Going back through Leland, I will say this. There are some bad Billy Joel songs. I think I've admitted this before. There are some bad Billy Joel songs. Is this one of them? No. It's not a bad Billy okay. Joel song. It's it's a good. So do Billy you Joel project song. it to be in the top fifty? I don't. I haven't. I haven't officially placed it yet, but just gut reaction, okay, that's, knowing that's... what's in the top fifty, I I don't think it's there. Now, despite what you think of our audience, I don't think you need to tease your thinking of Billy Joel's new song. I think you could just say it. <laughs> I don't want to give it a number. I ha- I haven't. I honestly haven't put it. Outside the video, you told me something. That's fine. Yeah, I will say this: I one twenty-two to like one hundred. I wouldn't. I'm not going to recommend that to people. I wouldn't tell you to go listen to those songs. Now, I also found an article on Vulture.com that somebody reposted, who ranked 122 songs before this latest one. Um. Or no, maybe it's including the latest one. I don't know. I'll have to finish reading it. I honestly got so angry at his rankings that I stopped. That was made by a madman. Um, but, I, you know, 
the 90s and 80s of Billy Joel songs are where most professional recording artists land. 70s through 70s up to 50 are where most artists hope to get someday. And then the top 50. Uh, when you get in the top 25 Billy Joel songs, Leland, that's what makes him the greatest singer-songwriter of all time. Bruce Springsteen could never. I don't know if Bruce Springsteen is the first, like, I'm just know, saying that because challenger I'm going to bring to this. I'm fight. just saying that because somebody who listens to this like podcast, Elton, I might bring to the table here. Somebody that listens to this podcast and comes on as a guest loves Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, but we like him. We don't have to go after him. We don't have to. <laughs> uh, he also likes Dave Matthews band <laughs> sucks. Great guys hate their music. I don't want to rank guests, but our our Bruce Springsteen guest, I believe, is one of our top guests. He is, but he knows it. I I've told him this on Facebook. He knows I don't like Bruce Springsteen. He knows I don't like Dave Matthews Band. He's come on here. I think he's talked about the and I bet you Hatfield probably likes some music that we don't like. <laughs> Hatfield probably definitely does. I don't know if he likes Bruce Springsteen or not. But the Suns fan, the the Arizona Diamondbacks fan, probably yeah. likes some music that me and you are not going to be as excited. About. I don't know. Like to me, like <laughs> it's just here's my problem with Bruce Springsteen fans. I my question to them always is, have you heard other people's music? Like, I mean, you said Elton John. Elton John is the closest, I think, in terms of like entire catalog. That's probably the closest to holding a candle to Billy Joel. No pun intended. But this is where you're going to start deciphering American and English, you know, like that's where you'd want to draw those lines just so that everybody can be top, you know, like, Billy well, we Joel's did American, fight a so war. We did fight a war for this and Billy Joel won. So sorry. Sure. He, he was um, there. He was involved. Yeah, yeah. That's why we fought it. That's, that's how I remember it. <laughs> um, but like, honestly, like, if so can we fight a new civil war on establish what country music is now? Because it's terrible. Oh, I do not like country music now. I do not like country music now. We were talking about that. When Post Malone got up there, I mean, look, I don't mind a little Post Malone, but I was told, and this was news to me, that he's going to come out with a country music album. And I was like, no. I think I heard something like that. That's I'm not big on Post. I don't know if Post is aiming for me either. So I, I think I'm there's fine. like maybe two Post Malone songs I like. Uh, but... I mean, if we want to get down to brass tacks, and this is where you're going to laugh, and I'll probably this might be where you know Patrick Height rolls his eyes, but honestly, like Halsey, better than Bruce Springsteen, so much better than Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Dua Lipa, I'll roll my eyes for you. Dua Lipa, so much better than Bruce Springsteen. Paramore. I don't look at Dua Lipa and think she's some kind of grand musician. Paramore. Miles she has physical better. attributes that help her greatly in this music game. Oh, I think I think she has some catchy songs. <laughs> She's um, good. She makes some catchy songs. I don't think I don't think the girl that everybody talks about all the time right now is some magnificent uh singer you know, songwriter vocal talent. I'm not like, gonna say I'm, that. I'm not going to say that. I think she makes good. I think she can write some good songs and she's I playing the business better. I don't than want that backlash. Like, I, uh, I'm abstaining from criticizing Taylor Swift. I don't want that backlash. Uh, I didn't say her name. You, you think I'm talking about Taylor Swift? Oh, 
You're also not denying it. Um, but like Adele has a better voice than her. Adele is better than Bruce Springsteen. Paramore is better than Bruce Springsteen. I, I just feel like I could go Pace down the Utley list. is better than Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Yes. It, honestly, it, it is kind of like the Babe Ruth argument. The people who like Babe Ruth and think Babe Ruth are the best player of all time are the same people who think Bruce Springsteen is amazing. Like, they are the same people. Halsey. Okay. Halsey's a bit of a joke, but. Yes. Um. <laughs> I also do like listening to Halsey, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't like Bruce Springsteen, I guess is my point. You do not. I, I know him, that about you. And just like I say, Billy Joel and Elton John are similar. To me, Bruce Springsteen and the Beatles are similar. Highly overrated. Extremely overrated. They might be the two most overrated acts in music. I think... I respect why the Beatles are overrated more than I respect why Bruce Springsteen's overrated. I do respect I think the Beatles Bruce more than Bruce Springsteen is like yeah. 80s New Jersey stuff. The Beatles, like, not that they were the first from England to come over here, but, like, they did blaze a, tra- a bit of a trail with that. Like, they, they were bigger than anybody that had come before them doing that and kind of opened up this a lot of – opportunity for expansive music of American enjoyment, you know? So like, I, I respect why the Beatles are over. I do like, think, yes, if we're, if you're going to push me into a corner, I had a cultural go, impact. I will, so than, I will choose the Beatles before Bruce Springsteen. But yeah, I, what I'm saying there is like to me, when we were saying out in John, Billy Joel, top of the food chain, one's American, one's British. At the bottom of the food chain is Bruce Springsteen and the Beatles for me, and I will choose the Beatles. But also, like, when I'm saying, like, people being good or bad, like, I, I had a comment about a current pop star and vocal ability, but, like, yeah, Elvis isn't the it. best voc- vocal talent of all time either. Like, no, there's a lot more to it than all this. Like, the current pop star that's leading articles, like, she's kicking the but of business, music business, and like just like dominating and and just great. Like you have to commend her on all that, even if every note she's ever saying hasn't been perfect. But Elvis wasn't some kind of perfect vocal talent either. He had a whole show to him, and you know, are you talking about Ice Spice? Culturally appropriated a lot of stuff and, and opened up a, a lot more in the in the music game. So like, I don't know. Like I think to be great and to be good and respected, like. Uh, there's a lot of directions you can go with that. And so like just vocal talent alone isn't, isn't it. You're talking about, ice and ice. also the best people vocally might not be the best performer. Like look at Usher up there, man. He's a performer. He's up there dancing and keeps going and, and sweating like crazy. And like, that's not, every, that's not how everybody attacks it. And you know, he's, he's as much up there to dance as he is there to sing. And like, it's not like he's a great singer or something, but like puts on a show, whether it's your show or not, he puts on a show. So like I, I, the, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot that goes into it. I respect the Beatles more than I respect uh, Bruce. I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Billy Joel, greatest singer songwriter. I know you're with me there too. You I'm not there on that. I'm not against Billy Joel. Like you're going to try to draw me in to be against Billy Joel. Like no problem with Billy Joel, 
But like before you told me 50 of his songs, I, I couldn't name you maybe 20, but I don't, I don't know. Like I just know where close to fan you are of him. So it's just, I can name you more Elton songs probably than Billy Joel. Probably. Phil Collins is good too. I like Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. You don't like Phil Collins. Yeah. just not like, I don't think I'm not quick to praise him. I didn't say he was amazing. I didn't say he's Billy Joel. I just said, I like Phil Collins. Yeah. I think I, at no point in this conversation was I going to think of Phil Collins. Wow. I'm just trying to think of people that era. I mean, today I'm going to touch on it. I personally like Fleetwood Mac probably more than everybody we've talked about. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. I don't like him more than Billy Joel, but Fleetwood Mac's good. Yeah. I don't think I like Fleetwood Mac more than Elton John either. I think a lot of this and and my mom's listening, so she would know a lot of this depends on what your parents had (laughs) in the, in the tape player when you're growing up. So and honestly, I didn't like Fleetwood when I was a kid. It was like, oh, I listen to Fleetwood Mac again. And then, like, I don't know, somewhere around high school, yeah. high school probably, I was like, oh, this is really quality, good music. So we, we try can to impress that on our kids. We can all agree, Sweet Caroline sucks. <laughs> I have a different history with that song than you do. Ugh. Considering I I used to get recognized in public as, hey, you're one of those Sweet Caroline guys. Yeah, we have a different history with that song. It's not the greatest song ever, but it's what we did during Braves games. That song. That's what it is. I, oh man. Well, we might not I'm get not this Billy Joel rankings. Band. I just they played Sweet Caroline. I'd yell it. Good I'd, news. I'd take a baby and hold the baby above my head while I did it. People would be scared for the safety of the baby. Like that was all part of the thing. Good news, we might not get the Billy Joel rankings. Bad news, the podcast won't be happening because I... Because I swing Sweet Caroline in public. That song sucks so bad. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done it. I, thank God. I. That song, I that song is to music what arson is to houses. Like, <laughs> it's not good. I don't... I don't... That song is honestly... Oh, I don't let me preface since this I have by my saying, history with it. I don't appreciate what it's become because back then it was like, oh, yeah, I think the Red Sox kind of do it. Like that was kind of like you kind of knew about it. And then it's just like everybody's taking it on. And it's just like it's not it's not a odd thing anymore, or like something that you're not expecting. Now it's it's the wave at a, at a, at a game now. And so like, it is not cool. Like I. I I yeah, prom- I acknowledge that it's not cool, but like I, I can't deny a history with that song. I want to preface this by saying I, I already know where you've come out on this. This doesn't necessarily. Okay, let me rephrase that too. This doesn't apply to you. I like you. We're not actually going to cancel the podcast because Leland likes Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I will say. If person I haven't gotten to know over the last, I don't know, <laughs> decade, almost decade. I guess it hasn't quite been a decade. It feels like a decade. It does feel like a decade. <laughs> this podcast feels like a decade. This episode. <laughs> but um, remember when, we, when I got mad at you about Travis Kelsey? That was fun. Um, <laughs> it was years ago. But if I haven't gotten to know you over, say, eight years or whatever it's been, 
and you come up to me and like, I really like Sweet Caroline. I think less of you as a person. I'm not having my history with this on. I'm not sitting here and saying that now. I'm just not quick to like agree with you that like it's the worst song that's ever made because I have a strong history with the song. Well, and there's it's plenty of video out there of me singing it. I don't know if it's the worst song ever made, but it sucks. That's my point. I don't like the song. It's a I bad don't song. like it the stinks. impact culturally that it has become. Like I think Boo. it's lost a lot of its charm. Let me put it to you this way: in the last 15 years, the people that were the problem at the Waste Management Open love Sweet Caroline. <laughs> the damn commercial where they're singing it like acapella in the bar. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, so, it's so dumb. Sold out now. So stupid. Yeah. I will never buy that product. You need to acknowledge most of, like, the spark of you hating this is Red Sox. It doesn't help it. I didn't like it. That's the spark of it. I didn't like it when. I was unfamiliar with it being used at Boston Red Sox games. And then I found out I was at Boston Red Sox games. And I was like, this makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think the artist himself is overrated. I think the song is way overrated. Uh, I don't think I have another, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I have that downloaded or saved, but I, I don't have any Neil Diamond stuff saved. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not into Neil Diamond. You know why I like it, or liked it? I he's, don't like it. He's I'm no not James huge on Taylor. It. The reason I participated in this is because we'd go to these Braves games, they'd play it. It started, I'll sing enough of the words that I know. I'm going to yell it and kind of make a fool of myself. Hey, people are kind of laughing at it. And then the Stanton Braves would score some runs. There was a scientific fact going on there that Sweet Caroline would happen, we'd act like idiots, and then the Braves would score some runs. So I liked it. It produced results. That's why I was into it. I didn't listen to it on Spotify. I didn't have it downloaded on Napster. I might have seen it in the Bahamas. I... <laughs> you're representing on a table. I've rep- seen your frogs. You're representing Maybe. our country. Maybe. You're representing our country overseas, and that's what they see. I'm sure that get was it. the worst I American get. game ever done. It's senior frogs in the Bahamas. <laughs> I get why other people don't like America now. I get it. Those um. Americans over there singing Sweet Caroline, they don't deserve their freedom, and they're right. Um. <laughs> we are squandering it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I should say I'm just kidding about that because there might be somebody out there who thinks I'm serious. But, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, on that note, before uh, I get us both canceled, let's wrap up the two-hour-long episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. If you've made it this far and you're still listening, yeah. wow. This last, this last half hour was deep cuts only, so that's good. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, you can follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Make sure you like us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. That's YAC Sports Pod, or Facebook YAC Sports Pod. Or you can uh, email us yaksportspod at gmail.com. Tell us your favorite halftime performance. Tell us who you'd like to see in next year's halftime performance. It's in New Orleans. Who could they get? I don't know. I think they need to get a New Orleans feel in there. I do. I do think that. Oh, wouldn't that be cool if it's just not somebody that's like uber famous, but it's like a a New Orleans kind of jazz band? Well, 
I don't know. I don't know. It'd be cool. I think it's, I think like with the, the music that comes from that town, I think you have to acknowledge that. Like you have to draw that in now in the late eighty late eighties, early nineties. That's what they did. They do like these themed halftime things and they didn't go over very well. They've done a lot more. They get a lot more talk at the water cooler and social media hits and, you know, hype with these individuals. So I, they're gonna have to walk a line probably somewhere in the middle of that. But I do, I do think you need to have somebody that's wise into it. That John Baptiste that used to be on oh, the Colbert yeah. show, and he is um, Grammy nominated yearly now. And uh, like I think have him there involved, and then you might have to draw in one or two other stars, but to play his game. And I, I think that would be cool. I think he was in a group or something. I might be wrong about. It. I might be thinking of somebody else. I, just, I don't know him that way. I knew when he was on Colbert sitting over there on the side and I, and and he's made music I've liked that I've heard since, but I don't know about before then. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but that would be a good idea uh, for the yeah. halftime show. Um, Can but, I copyright that idea? I don't think the NFL is going to let you do that. I don't think John Baptiste is going to let you do that. Um, there might be some, I don't know, rights with him being a person and all that might be a problem, but uh, tell us who you think should be in there. Tell us why Billy Joel is the greatest singer-songwriter of all time. And, uh, Patrick, don't tell us about Bruce Springsteen, because, frankly, we don't care. Uh, unfortunately for Patrick, I have ears, and I use them. Um, God, he's bad. Bruce Springsteen. Patrick Hyde's fine. Bruce Springsteen, bad. Um, but until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Exports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.